0: Jason, you can't just come in here and use my toaster and start spouting <laughs> universal truths without qualifications.
1: Oh man, um, I've got a lot to talk about tonight. I mean, Yay. yeah, it's there's a there's a <laughs> there's th- these movies exist in such a weird space. Like one, first off, they are like I don't know why you would ever. I was sitting here watching them, I was like thinking, there's no reason ever to like upscale these like I don't even really want it in 1080p this should be watched on VHS or like right. a shitty DVD right. at, at some point uh, because it has such a lo-fi aesthetic to it that just existed it doesn't really you only got in like 90s talky art house films and you just don't I mean for obvious reasons you don't see it anymore and, and but this I don't know there's such a there's such a like taste to these movies oh, that, that exists. There's, that looks, there's a texture that you don't see anymore. <laughs> right. right? And, and, and a lot and, of it's like duct tape and cardboard. <laughs> right. And I think, and I, I know that, that it's, that it's, that I'm drawn to it because of the era in which these films came out. And then, because there's the, there's a tech level to these, that these films that they don't have, like you no one has cell phones, no one has computers. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a level of, of, you know, we talked about when, in, in um, the first two movies where, you know, he's, he's repairing radios and analog TV, you know, CRT, <laughs> Big CRTs. TV, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's fun to watch these people, you know, one, wear these clothes and then, but also like, you know, they're coming up to gas stations where they still have to, they don't pay at the pump, you know, and it's still, there's a whole like level of like technology that doesn't exist and we're right on the cusp of it, but it doesn't quite exist yet. <laughs> and so it's, you know, these movies also have this kind of, surreal like Tarantino-esque talkiness to oh, them. Yeah, and, and of yeah. course this came, I read it really kind of at the same time that Tarantino was doing all of this as well. So I mean like Tarantino is the most popular, but he wasn't right. clearly the only one doing this. Yeah, and I mean, I, he was probably influenced by a lot of these oh, too, yeah. for sure. And I was going
0: to say, cause these came, I mean before, because the amateur was at con the same year, this Pulp Fiction. Right. And this would so, have been
1: the same year. Uh, yeah, this yeah, was so 92. Simple Men would have been the same year as Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if he was not watching them, he'd seen some how Hartley stuff or you know he'd seen similar films prior But well, you this. have to
0: imagine that they're you know in it if not an actual conversation right they their films are in conversation in some in but there some was, way.
1: but there are so many of these films that i mean like in just in this kind of like it's, like I said, the same aesthetic that we're out like from like. 89 to 95 that basically every indie film that came out kind of felt like this. And it's kind of like a warm blanket going back to <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> what was the,
0: what was the Jean Garofalo film that you screened for the virtual? Oh shit. I can't even remember now. I know
1: which one you're talking about yeah. and I can't, I'm not going to be able to pull it. It was so weird and bizarre, Like, right. but yeah, it's, uh,
0: but I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I think of her in this vein as well. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, look, as you're looking that up, let me just welcome everyone back. Welcome back, Screamers, to to a new episode of Post-Holiday Afterglow. Today, we get back to having our heart-to-heart with the films of Hal Hartley. We're looking at 1992's Surviving Desire and Simple Men. We'll also talk about Hirokazu Korita's new film, Monster, which is a beautiful, heartbreaking, quiet, subtle, naturalistic, I'm just
1: killing time. Oh well, some, for <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> I pulled up Jeanette Garofalo instead oh, of Janine Garofalo. How's she
0: doing? What is she up to?
1: Um, I must Garofalo must be spelled differently. I don't know why. Um, how do you? Oh, oh, okay. Let me just pull up fucking something else that she's been in so I don't have to spell her name. D- Mystery man. Let's see if I can type that in. Um, minus man. This is g- <laughs> this is good. Oh yeah. No, no, it was spelled the same. No, it was G A G R A O follow, not uh G R A. That's how she introduces herself. I'm the Dean G A R O follow. This Didine, is why people tune in. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I do realize that this is um really, really solid. But do you work. but do you care? No, I don't yeah. really. I mean like look, I want people to listen, don't get me wrong. Right. But uh I'm I'm way too early on in this. I'm going back. 2007's getting back there. Here we go. Martin Orloff. It's way before Wet <laughs> hot Wet American Summer. What planet are you from? That's an underrated movie, by the way. Sweethearts is what it was called. Oh, that's
0: yeah, that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Not the truth about cats and dogs. No, not a bad rom com. No, I'm, like, I'm going to go. No, on own, yeah, no. That, that's but I mean, the...
0: falls into that trope of oh, oh, look, Janine Garoflo's is pretty now. Right. I mean, <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I mean, like she's always been that kind of like nerdy girl, hot kind of thing that's mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. and also like weirdly, she is Daria, like, I mean, right? Come on, and well, they played her up in Reality Bites as kind of being like overweight and kind of like frowish. but like clearly she's not, and it's not. I mean, it's just like, compared to her, Winona, Winona Ryder. But why? But why then do you think she
0: was the one who was the promiscuous friend? I mean, because they did they played her up as sort of.
2: Like, like
0: frumpy right. but slutty, and right? Because she was, and the was, one who was worried about having AIDS, well, right? Because she, I mean, she, she got it, age, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but she kept like you know a sex diary, and
1: probably and all of because that. I mean, she was sleeping with Stiller at the time. So I mean, like it would have been, I don't know, I don't know why. But Maybe that's she took kind of That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's fucked up.
0: I mean, like if if he's like, oh yeah, so we're together, but you're gonna be.
1: You right. know what? You know what's fucked up? Not to not to completely segue off of off of yeah. Janine. G- we G- we, R- we have to we
0: have to segue off of her at some point.
1: Um, I've been watching more like broadcast TV as of late, just because I have. Um, I'm sharing a YouTube TV subscription with my father, so he can watch um, the football, the foosball when it's on the TVs, <laughs> uh, and then I'll cancel it once it's all over, once once the Super Bowl is done. Uh, but I was. Watching and you, and when you watch it on YouTube TV, you get a lot of the same ads. They're all for, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if all ads these days are like, I'm not watching like direct TV or whatever else you, how you subscribe to cable anymore. So I don't know if everyone's ads are the same. I don't know if all my ads are just because they think that I have diabetes or (laughs) like all of the, all of the diseases that, that, cause it seems like every ad is for, for medicine. But anyway, this is not what I'm talking about. They like
0: old Wilford Brimley. Yeah.
1: No, they're just fucking, no, they're just a bunch of people doing things and, you know, living their lives, but still like, uh, you know, being able to take medicine because they have fungus. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, not the point I was watching. Have you seen any like previews for the, the new animated movie migration? Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the one where they, the tagline is little duck energy? No, no. You mentioned this though. I'm like what and but no I have not
0: seen that. What the fuck
1: is going on over at Imagination? That that they thought that this movie for tweens and pre-tweens is a good time to parody. I I, I get it. Your average 9-year-old probably won't get
0: the little dick the, energy. The dick, right?
1: yeah. But like, really, like, is that how you're drawing in your parents by bringing in? And like, here's the thing. I don't want to be some red state fucking asshole who thinks everyone is grooming everyone. (laughs) And I don't want to be a prude. But like, seriously, this is a stupid fucking tagline for a kid's movie. Little Duck Energy. and It's not even clever. It's fucking weird and creepy. And it just, I don't know who... Okay, and there's a there's a SNL skit with Sandler where he's like Jeopardy or like some and they're like who are the ad geniuses who came up with this one? <laughs> I, I don't what the fuck are we doing these? I mean what the, what the fuck are we doing? Well, it's so juvenile.
0: And it's, I mean it's just it's juvenile and dumb and bad and yeah like what kid is I mean is that are they throwing one out there for the parents like they you know they used to sort of hide the adult jokes in some of these kids' movies is that what they're trying to do because it, it's not but it's not even clever. No that's what I mean like and, it, and it's it feels like it's late i mean (laughs) right right right, i mean like i i mean hasn't like the big dick energy thing wasn't several years ago
1: Uh, well and that's that's yeah it's fucking it's it's so so it's lazy
0: it's late it's like an attempt to be cool and just a complete miss of the
1: mark like yogi bear when it came out the tagline actually on the poster was good things come in bears and it's a poster where like yogi's behind boo and boo's got a surprised look on his face. It's a terrible, like it's one of those things where like, it's like you don't, how did they not catch this? How did someone not like, I mean, and it's all, it's almost like the little mermaid cover, right? Where the oh, playboy sure. guy draws yeah. the dick in the castle yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, little duck energy is, is what we're selling our kids on. And again, I don't really care. I just was just like, this is, it's what the fuck are we doing right what why right why are we right. doing like this what's the point of this anyway anyway um,
0: um do you want to talk monster let's talk, talk all right monster let's talk monster let's move off the little duck energy <laughs> and let's yeah um, i don't want to start let's off move like, into like a japanese art art film
3: oh <laughs>
2: ずっと子供のこと心配してきていまし。この先生に
3: I don't I'm
2: going to be so sad. Minato! Minato! It's I
3: 実際どうだったかはどうでもいいんだよ。
0: Okay, so when her son Minato starts to behave strangely, Siori suspects that there is something wrong. Hearing that one of his teachers is responsible, she confronts the teacher and the school admin. The truth is revealed to be more complex from the perspective of not only Siori, but also the teacher and Minato. This is, so this premiered at Cannes. Mm-hmm. It was up for the Palm d'Or. It didn't win. But you know what it did win? Yeah, queer door. Yeah, the queer palm. Queer I had palm. no idea that it was a thing.
1: The I queer palm, know. which kind of weird, like that's just. I know it's. I mean. Yeah, It's that is weird. But, uh, although <clears> fine. I mean, that's cool. No, I mean, no, that, no. I don't it's, it's, just like, it's just a weird thing. To, it's, it's a weird thing to the, call the it. The two words together. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I did not know that was a thing. I didn't either yeah. until I, yeah. and I read that. And then when I watched the movie, it took me way too long to to realize there was a queer angle to this story. And
0: yeah. yeah, you said that.
1: And, and so that, that was on me. That's not, that's not, it's not a failing <laughs> of the film.
0: No. Cause it, I mean, I mean, from, I forget the other kid's name because Horikashi uh, hurt. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm with you. But, I, I don't, but I, you know, they are clearly sort of ostracized and bullied by everyone at school. Right. And even the, even his father, you know, says he's got a disease and, and, you know, says he's going to fix him. And I think that that's like, was really sort of, that, that there was something. In, and then you look at the way he.
1: Right, right. How he kind of behaves yeah. and, and, um, you know, just differently. This is by the same director who did shop mm-hmm. in 2018, um, which is another wonderful film, uh, a Fort Worth film club film, actually, that we ended up watching at one point. One like, of the first on. ones. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess it was a Granberry film club (laughs) at that time. Um, and this, this movie is kind of told in a Rashomon type of, uh, storytelling. So you follow one story and then you start over and follow another section of the story. It's a triptych. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wonderful and heartbreaking. I, I, one of the, um, and I think it, I think it does. I did find myself confused a couple this is, I think a movie that bears multiple, watchings just you can kind of pick out the (laughs) pick out the uh the nuance in all these individual stories because there were certain points in the story where um i kind of got like i was trying to where we get left out of one story and then brought back up in another and and i was trying to pick up the thread um all this is kind of predicated or it starts with a fire that's happening in um uh it's a hostess club it's a hostess club in japan um and I mean, you're, you're a world traveler. Have you been to a
0: hostess club have, in Japan? I have not been okay. to a hostess I have, club I, in Japan, I haven't no. either. No. I, I've been to other types of clubs around here. But not. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm always curious, like what a hostess club, you know, is like, or looks like, or is really like, I should say.
1: Right. I did like look it up because I was actually kind of interested to see how, mm. mm-hmm. and it's mostly. I could, I could imagine
0: where the looking up <laughs>
1: <laughs> I only looked at it for a short period of time. And then I rested, and I looked it up again yeah, later on. I, was say. I became less interested after I saw, after I read about it for a few minutes, and then and my interest peaked later on.
0: Nice. <laughs> I, I was going to say,
1: are you saying your like interest reached a climax? <laughs> Just yeah. You what, you take out. What oh. you but it, they're mostly non-Japanese women that are in these hostess clubs they are mostly like expats and and uh japanese businessmen who are looking to either who they are travel. Well, this is what i read anyway they travel abroad and um that they're more they're that you know european and and mm. and western women are mm. more open to talk about certain things so they can have a different kind of conversation with these girls um it's not typically sexual although it can be um but uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be. It's, it's more of a. It, it, are these like
0: extensions of geisha?
1: I, yeah, that's okay. exactly it. Okay. Yes, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, yeah. when I first heard about them, when I was, I was like, oh, well, this is like funeral parade of roses. <laughs> <It's> like, I'm um, <laughs> like everything, but like, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> that's,
0: I guess, that's what that would have been, right? Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. The first. I mean, the first telling of this story we get is a pretty straightforward troubled kid who is being raised by a single mother. Uh, his father is, has passed away. Um, and they, they go through these like, you know, kind of, I guess, traditional Japanese rituals where they, you know, they do a prayer and, and they talk about seeing him at some other point and him potentially having having come back and rebirth. Right. Uh, and maybe looking over them. Um, and he's basically just taking on like all of the kids in this movie. Once they're one, they're wonderful, um, actors, uh, but they, they bear so much weight and, you know, emotional weight of what's oh going God. on with them. <laughs> and then, and then of course, you know, like everything, nothing is as straightforward as it seems. Obviously you, you think, you know, the first story, you think that the teacher, well, one they, they go through, right. And the school is very, um, you know, cryptic about how they handle the, the, the mom's accusation of the boy being, um, beaten essentially. It, well, struck in school. Yeah. Uh, he comes back with a twisted ear that was bloodied. He, was, he had a nose. He was hitting the nose. Yeah, yeah like uh, a bruise on his was, arm. Right. right. Um, and so the boy, the you know, so we think that is kind of face value at the first part of this story is this, what's actually happening in the school is very cagey about dealing with the mom and the moms can't understand why. They, the school keeps hiding the teacher, uh, like, you know, inexplicably moving him around and not providing him They and he's very aloof at the very beginning of it as well. Then we're told the teacher's story. And of course, all of this is kind of predicated that, that the teacher was with one of the um you know, one of the women of the club. And
0: which he wasn't. I mean but right. that's the yeah. Right. yeah. But he
1: was outside the fire yeah. and they were and, and he was yeah. That, like the whole
0: neighborhood was <laughs>
1: like, <you know? laughs> right. They're filming it. Right? And
0: you, yeah. And you get these kids. Cause we see that like later w- when it's from his point of view,
1: right. We, when we see like these students
0: who recognize him and like, Oh, that must be a girl from the hostess club. And he's like, what? No. And,
1: and so at the end of that story, Mr. Hori uh, is the teacher's name. And like, basically all of this is kind of snowballed against him. Like all now they're uh, all of these kids are saying that they're afraid of him. Um, And then you get this, you get his side of the story and it looks like, uh, the, you know, the first child is, is being a bully to the second child and, and also potentially acting out in ways that are more troublesome, like hurting animals. And, um, you know, potentially he thinks that he starts the fire at, at, you know, at that the at the hostess club. And then of course you get the, um, the other boys side of the story and he has been, protected by the first child. And, and I apologize. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't want to butcher the names and it's just, <laughs> no, no, so. no, no. Cause
0: I'm the, I'm the same. I mean, it was, it was tough enough when I, when I read that out. Um, and I'm just like, I don't I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Their <this>. unprofessionalism <laughs> is part of the charm of why <laughs> is the little home screen? It's Yuri Right. But I know that that's like the last name or the kind of, right. or the only part of the name. Cause um, they say his full name quite a bit, but Yuri
1: Yuri's is the, yeah.
0: The younger, younger or one. the the smaller, because right. I guess they're the same. And age, who's right? the what's the, the name smaller? of the
1: older Minotau? Minotaur, Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll use them from here on out. That way we're not confused. <laughs> we're still uh, we're still confused. And so Yuri we just have names. Yuri it, Yuri's side of the story is basically him realizing that his life is shit. Like well, at, at every at it's Minotau's story. So yeah, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Yuri's story, Yuri's story right is is i mean he's he's the one that takes all the slings and the arrows with really with with, oh, y- a, you y- know, yes. with, with no sort of like right. fight back or right. anything at all but
0: but minato's the one who looks so like belabored and beleaguered by it all right, right. and, that's, and that's, so, so that's, 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 what that's what I, I, yeah then, i'm i'm sorry i yeah. i thought you meant like cuz we don't really get Yuri's point of view we get minato's point of view
1: I, I think you don't we get Yuri's point of view at the end i mean the third story though i mean you you kind of i mean like you follow him oh, well because
0: I guess we see more of it, but it's still through Minato's eyes, right? He's still our POV character. True. Because I don't true. think I don't think we ever spend. Are we ever alone with Yori? No, th- because I, you're you. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe so either. Because you. Yeah. Yeah, it's-
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, we're we're alone with the teacher, and then we get the and we get the mother, we get the teacher, and then story. Minato. Minato. Yeah. And,
1: and at some point, you kind of get the principal story thrown in there in bits and pieces. It's mm-hmm. not a full thread, but it's, right. but it's in there to kind of, right. Uh, anatomy of a fall at all. Up a yeah. Little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Who did this? Right. <laughs> and I think it's an, I think it's a, and that kind of like, maybe that's the school's story. Right. I mean, like from a yeah. perspective of why the school is doing all of what they're doing is that the principal of the school has had a granddaughter who's been run over by a car and the, the principal's husband has gone to jail for it but everyone the rumor on the street is is that she was actually driving and she's yeah. the one who ran ran over, the, ran over the child
0: and there's this great conversation between minato and her about both of them telling lies right. and then the trouble that's come from those lies which i mean is is a is a fair kind of like succinct summary then of like one of the big themes in the in the film itself who do we hurt with these lies when we don't intend to
1: like, right you know? right Yeah. And it was one of those things that have had everyone been straightforward at the beginning. None of this would have actually, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fire still would would have happened, but it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I do like how we get these different depictions of these characters too. Right. So seeing the teacher through the mother's eyes, he seems like a real shit, right? Right. Like, you know, isn't serious, isn't taking any responsibility. And then we see things from his point of view and it's like, he's just, He doesn't believe that He's like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? (laughs) I'm so confused. Like, none of this is true. And everyone's like, just stay away. And he's like, but I just need to explain. And they're like, no. So.
1: The, the, Yori's, but going back to Yori's story of like him never really fighting, but there's, there's a couple of sequences. So Yori is also, um, he's being raised by a single father who's an alcoholic, who's essentially lost his job, who knows that Yori is queer uh, and is told him that, that he has a pig's brain, uh, and that he's trying to cure him to get him back to a human's brain. And that, that whole portion of the story is heartbreaking. And, and like Yori never like reacts. He never fights back. He, when he, when the bull, and he's bullied by other kids and, and Minato protects him throughout the, throughout the story. But then Minato acts out in in that protection. And that's what makes the teacher, um, Kind of think one that he's bullying Yori and also uh, just causing just a troublemaker and also acting out because his dad's passed away. Um, and then so that scene where Yori is stuck in the bathroom and mm-hmm. um, Minato is uh, sees him and then runs out of the ba- runs out of the bathroom and the teacher comes in and unlocks him and he's like, "Oh, it's it's you, Mister Hori." And then he walks. He's like, "Yeah, whatever, fine." <laughs> so it's, it's such a he's... normal routine, like it's such a set portion of his day that it doesn't really even like a phase him. He just knows that this is, his day is going to be shit from, from waking up to going to sleep. And so when he, they, him and Minotaur form this bond, um, and they go out exploring in their, in their, you know, whatever their neighborhood. And they find this abandoned train car and that's kind of their safe spot.
0: Yeah. It's their, it's their hideout, right? It's their, instead of a treehouse, they have a subway car.
1: And, uh, there they write out some note that kind of explains their relationship or they put their names together. Or did you catch that? I didn't really get what it, I mean, I understood what the, what the, how he kind of, how the teacher finds this piece of paper from the classroom and realizes that they weren't, that Minato wasn't bullying Yori, and that it was, that they were potentially more than, not more than friends, but like a deeper friendship. Yeah. They had a very close connection. Yeah. um, And so he realizes that he was wrong about Minato and he goes off and tries to run off to explain it to, them. when all the Rashomon, like the final thread, whenever right. we all come back together, uh, he runs off to his mom. There's a big uh, uh, mudslide or landslide. It was, was like the, a typhoon, right? Right, and that then, comes through. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so they go off and looking for the two boys and um, they don't find them. Or I guess it's up, left up their interpretation. W- right, well, <laughs> what I what I love about that, like, so
0: the teacher and the mother Find find the train car, and they open a window and they look down and they see like the poncho that Minotau had been wearing, but we don't see the boys. And then we get this other scene after the rain, and like they're when like, they climb out of the train and they say like, "What do they say? Oh, were we were we reborn?" Right, and were then we I don't think it works like that. And they go off running, kind of laughing, and then in the
1: sunset. Or like it's not sunset, but in the sun's like through, through a field, and with, yeah,
0: the sun after the rain, right. Yeah. And then like, that's it. So, so how you interpret
1: that, I guess it's up to you. Yeah. Right? It does seem like they didn't, <laughs> didn't make it didn't through make the, it, uh, right? the typhoon.
0: Yeah. But it's just so, and that end is so heartbreaking and ambiguous. Right. Like, and just the,
1: it's, it's really, really good. I, I, it's one of the better films that I've seen this year by far. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know what it's up for. I don't know if it got nominated. I didn't really look into the golden globes, but um I don't know if it's going to be up for it. Is that a thing this year? Are they doing that again? <laughs> I guess so. I couldn't be less interested uh and so and I don't I, this year I don't like I'm like I don't give a shit about the Oscars either. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and watch fucking <clears throat> all of them go and pat themselves on the back for yeah. mediocre bullshit yeah. this year which is obviously what's going to get nominated.
0: There are some I think good films that came out this year, but sure. I feel like they're the overlooked films two. Right. Right. So something like this, something like Dream Scenario, something like bottoms. I don't, I don't, bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. God, what if bottoms won best
1: picture? <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be incredible. I mean your best bet is for Anatomy of a fall to just start doing some kind of tar like work to like uh pick up noms. I mean I don't I don't see anything coming out. I don't see any like surprises like women talking uh, and again, maybe I should look to see who was nominated for Golden Globes to see if that's gonna carry over but uh it like there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing coming out in award season even like no. dream scenario is like the only like prestige film that's being <laughs> released in December and it's I don't even know if you consider that a prestige film at this R- point well
0: american fiction okay
1: yeah american yeah. fiction and 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 poor things I guess those two yeah, those two and right. so I think that's probably your your dark horse right there are those two potentially coming in and like overshadowing uh you know napoleon and um killers of I Moon? Mean, although i don't know how, i don't know how well napoleon's being received to be I, quite honest i, I don't so, think
0: it's being received well at all have you seen it yet no i haven't either i'm not really interested i'm not, a, really I'm interested. Yeah. I'm not re- yeah um i imagine it's gonna be like most ridley scott films that are sort of like two movies smashed into one right um, right. um i guess well I, I mean, is Ferrari considered? Yeah, I think uh, so. so. I be, think that might
1: be another one. Um, although who knows? That that sounds so fucking boring to me. Like so I, I
0: was just going to say that all of these movies by a lot of these established or sort of like old hats or you know, old hands
1: just sound so dull. To right. me.
0: They just don't sound exciting at all.
1: It's either going to be that or we're going to see a deluge for like Barbie and Oppenheimer. It's just going to be we're going to rehash the summer. And those will win everything else. I mean, Margot. I, I think Margot Robbie's got a really solid shot for winning uh, Best Director. Um, and then Best Actress. Yeah, I'm sorry, I meant Greta Gerwig. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Robbie has a. Well, maybe, maybe she'll get nominated. Right? Oh, for sure, for sure, get nominated. I, I think, I think, I think Gosling gets nominated. I think, I think the gets the. I don't know if it gets a screenplay, not or not, but I, why not? I mean, and yeah. I'm sure I'm just Ken. We'll get a. Uh, music, not a song. Not
3: so.
1: I talked to you about this a little. I, I do want to get this in. I talked to yeah. you about this off mic a few weeks ago. But I was think this is what was making me laugh a while back was um, living in a living in an alternate universe where where James Vander Beek was nominated for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for, varsity, for blues. varsity Blues. So in the two thousand Oscars, I, I just I don't I, want your life. <laughs> I just, I do not want your life. People are saying you organize an all night drinking party. That's why you boys dragged ass out there. Save it, dad. Save it? Save what? You got the opportunity of a lifetime. You Playing football like at West Canaan is not the opportunity of a lifetime. Your attitude's wrong. Your tone of voice is wrong. This is your opportunity. For here. you.
0: Playing football at West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime. But I don't want your life.
1: I, I I love this idea. I don't know why it made me giggle so much, but like this, I and I don't even know why it came up in my head. Just maybe because I was thinking about <laughs> I don't want because every once in a while that that line will pop up in my head every once. Oh, and I think like was, when you're having a bad day
0: at work is this
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> I do not want your life. What, playing in football at West Canyon high school may in the highlight of your life. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. The, just the idea that like MTV throwing a shit ton of money, uh, cause that's MTV's was a produced, that's who produced the film, like doing a Miramax in 99 for Shakespeare in love. And like seeing that this is their only opportunity. Now, granted they had election the same year. So it really doesn't, that doesn't play out. Um, but this idea that they pushed really, really pushed hard for Vanderbeek to get a nom. <laughs> and like, he doesn't like he gets one. Um, and then every, all the pundits and all of the critics have to like, like legitimately, one watch the movie and two, like debate whether or not <laughs> that accent is is worthwhile. It, it's like it's like what puts that movie over the top and like what was his is this performance Oscar worthy? And then in the five, we get to see that clip being played and like some you know whoever won in in ninety nine uh, comes up and like whoever won best actress in ninety nine has to come up and it's like James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues. <laughs> And they roll out the the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> the, the whipped cream bikini. The, I bikini was going to say, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if I love jewels. I might. <laughs> but, but. Wasn't that Allie Larder? It was Allie Larder, yeah. 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 Uh, such a stupid fucking movie. And not a bad movie, but a stupid... Yeah. It's so, so dumb. It is so... But like I, looking back, and I was watching Joyride earlier today because I was just doing some mindless shit. And, <laughs> and uh, it's... It, one of those things, like I was looking at it, like Paul Walker was, if he had been a good actor, like what he could have done in, like he was too pretty to be like, that's a gorgeous man. He's too pretty yeah, to be yeah. also a good actor. Like it's kind of kind of, kind of like young Keanu Reeves too. Like Keanu, young Keanu Reeves was too pretty to like, he had a one note. And I think he probably tell you this, that yeah, Keanu Reeves is yeah. not the best actor in the world. Yeah, like, hey, right, right, nicest right, guy right. in the world, works really hard. Yeah. But outside of that, he's not uh, <laughs> He's no Lawrence Olivier, <laughs> but I know. But I love. I just. I don't know. I just. I like the. I like like all of the Dawson's Creek because they were still filming Dawson's Creek at this time. So like all the Dawson's Creek people getting invites, and then all of them kind of having to roll their eyes. <laughs> like I want to know in that movie when they signed Vanderbeek too. Did like, like no one else talks like that in the movie? There's no. It's what a choice. It's, inexplicable like no one like where did he get that texas accent jonathan mox moxon <laughs> well i take that back who's not who's the uh the um the alley larder foil the the oh, the man, i don't know yeah yeah T- tara not tara um what's her name crap she was in rat race and 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 road trip uh and all those kind of todd phillips movies she was in um, uh, Crank. I, I want to say Tara Reed, and I know that's not it. It's uh, She was in Butterfly. If I can name every single one of her movies, and I can't name her name. because I don't know. I'm, I mean, she was in Butterfly, uh, in fact.
0: Tony Perinsky,
1: <laughs> Amy, <laughs> Smart? Yes, okay. Amy Smart? Yes. Amy Smart. I'm stuck on T. Amy Smart. Yeah, I don't kinda, know either. I mean, Amy Smart kind of has the same kind of Texas accent in that movie, uh, <laughs> but nobody else, like, not even Voight. And voids the the. I forgot he was <laughs> prototypical overactor, especially at this stage in his career. Doesn't have that accent. <laughs> Like, I forgot that boy was,
0: I, 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 for some reason I thought that Voight was in Friday night lights. No, that was not Billy, Billy Bob Thornton. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it wasn't
1: Voight. Was he in both of those? And so, well, and this comes out before right. Friday. Right, so like, this was right. like, they had talked about Friday night lights as a movie for a really long mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. this comes out before and everyone was kind of like, okay, well, this will be the thing that they do instead of Friday night lights. Uh, I think this probably the success of this movie probably leads to Friday night lights getting made. Uh, but, man, this is a dumb movie. You know, what's funny to me. One of the things that really kind of sticks out. I know why we're talking about this and I no, apologize. Yeah. No, but like, it's fine. At the end, it's a Friday night. I mean, who cares at the end of that movie? And, and, and look, football movies always get like every movie gets everything wrong about what it's actually oh, trying to right, portray. Right. Football movies do the exact same thing. But at the end of this movie, you know, of course they've, they've forced Voight out of coaching because they've all kind of rebelled against him. And he, He's like, come on, come on. And like walks out. And then this. I guess you don't ever see it. I guess he just keeps walking out of the stadium, gets in his car and drives away and is never seen again. (laughs) Also, that movie, it doesn't talk about any of the assistant coaches. So like, I guess they left too. And then Lance, Paul Walker, takes over coaching duties for the team. He's wearing a headset for some reason. There's no one left to talk to. There's no way. I was going to say, who's
0: he talking to? Did they put other players in the...
1: (laughs) other engine in players booth?
0: or is he just like you know what this is we just have to like play the part just play the part
1: and then and then so in okay. the void they win the game you know uh, mox is heroic and you know they he they win right and um everyone comes up and talks to, you know they win the district championship and then the voiceover says we never played football again i'm like <laughs> what you would have gone on to the playoffs right you right. would have had other games <laughs> right like you were, you only lost like two during that entire season. So you would like, have kept going. <laughs> I just was like, it drove, it drove me insane when I saw it. And that, and of course that that's a weird thing to get hung up on, but. Um. No,
0: no. But anytime like you watch a sports film and if anyone's played sports, you just nitpick it to death <laughs> because you're like, that's not, that's not how that works. Like you wouldn't be, the cheerleaders would not be right there on the field <laughs> and you would not be talking to them as you're, this is not how this goes. Okay. And also, that's not how those like pads fit. Like, like <laughs> right. That's yeah. Not how you do that. Billy
1: Bob doesn't get to have Billy Bob on the back of his jersey. Like, that, <laughs> right. doesn't, that doesn't, you can't just, you can't just do shit you want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do the
0: same. Here. Just like, no, that's, but yes. That's,
1: so I want to live in a world except where, for the legend of Bagger where, where, uh, where <clears throat> James Vanderbeek is, every time he's introduced, he's like Oscar nominated. Actor James Vanderbeek because he doesn't go on to do anything after. I mean, like he goes on. He's an, he's a working actor. He goes on to right. do Texas Rangers after this, and then that's basically. It. I think he had no. So he goes down to do Texas Rangers and the Rules of Attraction, which is like his like dive into Easton Ellis and potentially and Roger Avery and potentially like doing, um, you know, kind of indie art house American Psycho type work, and then um, which actually he's not terrible in that. That movie's not very good, but like, Mm-mm. but. Avery tried to film it right just just as like it was written and Oh and you can't because the whole It's I mean, all yeah, it's all dialogue and it's cut off and it's like it's it you know, it's just it bounces from story to story. I mean and so yeah, it's it's And
0: it's almost like a stream of consciousness one into the other. I mean right. it
1: literally starts with an ellipsis, right? Right and into yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with like less than zero, which less than zero the movie has nothing to do with less than zero aside from like the characters, but nothing to do with less than zero of oh, fuck which is a uh, catcher in the rye for the for the don't
0: 90s don't, don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ellis is our Salinger. It's I mean look, it's, it's just laying it look, down. It's, hey, look, look. it's not me saying it.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, but that is like the dumbest take like, ever. I I've never understood. I have never understood like the attraction, forgive the pun, of Brett Easton Ellis. I've never gotten it, and I've read enough of his books to to try to get it.
1: I will say I really enjoy glamorama. That's the only one I really dug. Like, yeah. um like less than zero if you're reading it in high school or rules of attraction if you're reading it in high school. Okay, I can see where you're kind of like, oh it's an easy read and it's like
0: And it's edgy with right. drugs and sex and
1: American psycho is just for the shock value of it all yeah. it is the it's it's the 50 shades of gray for the violence crowd essentially look yeah. i mean i know that there's some subtle nods at like whatever but well, like in right, symbolism right. and shit but like it's not it, you're reading it for period reasons only i mean that that's almost like a retcon right like, oh you for know, sure you for know sure. move and that's with a mary that book. Book put in that, right put in that too yeah yeah,
0: yeah i mean i think she she, I think she got that across like better but i mean it's, it's like yes no we get it we we understand what he's doing in that book it's doesn't mean he's doing it well. And so stop trying to, I just, I don't get the, I don't get the apologist for ready to I
1: just, how do you feel about Chuck? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Polonok.
0: Yeah. Um, I have not read enough of him to, but, but he, but for me anyway, he kind of falls in that same category. And I think he's a better writer than. Sure. 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 And I feel like a lot of people that I feel like a lot of people graduate to him from Bukowski. Eh, okay. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, maybe. and, and I have a weird like <laughs> connection with that. I'm right. like, I'm not a Bukowski fan. And okay. So, but, but, so I kind of acknowledge my own bias, right. But withhold judgment cause I just haven't read enough.
1: I think Chuck's a better storyteller. I mean, sure. I think he's, sure. um, and he, I think he's a better writer. I, I don't, I don't love everything that he's done and I do think he falls apart on a lot of his endings. I, I think a lot of his stuff is also, um, is ruined by the movies that are not fight club, fight club, notwithstanding like choke was a terrible sure, adaptation sure, sure. of, of the book. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of them just kind of yeah. like, they don't, they, it's a hard thing to kind of convey, but, yeah. uh, and for whatever reason, Fincher was able to like really kind of tap into what fight club was saying and actually make fight club better than, yeah. than the book. It was,
0: yeah. I think, um, out of those, like that era of novelist, I guess Jay McInerney mm-hmm. would be someone that I would say is, is, Yeah.
1: (laughs) That I enjoy. Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) But well, and it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, like, you know, it it seems kind of very reminiscent, reminiscent of, um, of the films that were being made at the time. Right. I mean, there are all these kind of nihilistic, like talky pop culture referenced. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Like I, I hesitate to say that, that it's all, it, 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 I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess you start looking for that type of, um, you know that type of whatever starts to sell, right? And then you start looking for things that are similar vein, yeah. and then people start riding in that. But you get your Irvine Welshs, and you, you know you're just in, so it's a lot of the same like uh, hyper violent uh, reference ridden, right, right? Right.
0: I mean, a sp- very specific dialogue
1: and slang. And then we end up with Ready Player One, <laughs> which is a kids book, but I mean like, but then just like all everything is every every word is referential it, to something, right? Else, right. right. A... Uh, anything else you know no, about no, Marcy but... Blues? Look, I can make several podcasts about *Varsity Blues*. No, I'm sure you uh, could. I think Scott Kahn's great in that movie. Um, and I think everybody but Vanderbeek is actually pretty good, but uh, Scott Kahn, particularly, I think he's a standout. I think he should have been a bigger star. Yeah, well, I mean, why? Why
0: wasn't Scott Kahn a bigger star? Uh, that's. I mean, that's maybe not a question for today's podcast, but or
1: maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think this is a question for all podcasts. Yeah, right. I, why isn't Scott Connor a star? And all podcasters. I think, is it is it because he's a a shorter man? Is it its stature that didn't quite? Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, this is something that I I know nothing about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it's like to be sort of literally looked down upon um, because of of one's height. I, I don't either. Look, do you know how I mean, many I'm things interested. have been given to me because I'm like six two?
1: Yeah, I, not, I, not very much, right. but <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> no, I don't know I don't how no. to work either. Out. Yeah. Not very
1: much. Um, um, yeah. So no, that's it. That's it. Okay. I, I you yeah, know, we'll take us on to the little, like I said, all I want to, but I, I'll leave us with, I, I, let's go back, go back and look at, at, at Paul Walker and how like just when he comes on screen, how pretty that guy is. Oh. It's, I mean like go back and watch Pleasantville, especially the black and white Paul mm, Walker. Mm. It's just that like <laughs> all <laughs> <laughs> all American blonde-haired boy, <laughs> all American black and white, <laughs> all American black and white blonde-haired nice. boy. Um, yeah, go well, on to and Sam, even in Chino, she's all that. Yeah, I mean he's still dreamy looking. Sure, he's he he doesn't need to play the dullard though. I know. Like even like in and like varsity blues. Like the problem with she's all that is that it well, well it, it like weirdly like one of the problems. You know, it's, look, it's not, you know, it's dumb. It's dumb too. It's, it's on the same par as like Varsity Blues. But the problem with She's All That is by the time it like, uh, flanderizes its, its characters all the way like by the end of the movie in a two hour or an hour and a half slot they they become characters of themselves. They, 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 they lost all their depth. So yeah. then Paul Walker is just this mean foil. And then now he's this this big dummy at the end of the yeah. movie. Um, and so it doesn't, like, it's weirdly like all of them do it. And I guess, I mean, it's just a trope, right? And it's, and it's, and they're all thin characters anyway, but like Freddie Prince Jr.'s, um, girlfriend, I I can't remember her name, um, in real life, but, uh, you know, she's now just a, just a horrific, like mean person, like, and uh, gets her comeuppance and like, um, so yeah, no, that movie, yeah, yeah, I think he does better in something like, varsity blues even though he's got a small he's he yeah he the, playing the high school hero quarterback that's that's a role for him yeah. <laughs> that's um all right can we talk Hal Hartley now i suppose we must <laughs> if we must right,
0: we're going to start with the surviving desire did you catch before i give you the brief like rundown did you catch um who the music was by in this uh, film? There y- were
1: there were really like two Yeah, it was Yola Tengo, right? Or was it Well,
0: or... I mean Drug Test was was in um Drug Test was playing in the cafe at one point. Okay. But but the the there was a band playing in the street. Oh, right, right, and right, That right. was the great outdoors. Yes. But then also the composer like of the score was Ned Rifle. Oh oh really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean nice. how hardly right, 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 but like Yes, it, yeah, yeah. As as Ned Rifle. <laughs>
2: I believe you are sincere and good at heart. If you do not attain happiness, always remember that you are on the right road. Try not to leave it. Above all, avoid falsehood every kind of falsehood, especially falseness to yourself.
3: Teach us something useful.
2: Watch over your own deceitfulness. Look into it at every hour, every minute. Avoid being scornful, both to others and to yourself. What seems bad to you within yourself will grow purer by the very fact of you observing. it. This is ridiculous. We're paying for this. You're a disgrace. Avoid fear. Though fear is only the consequence of every sort of falsehood. Never be frightened at your own faint-heartedness in attaining love. And don't be frightened over much at your own evil actions. I am sorry I can say nothing more consoling to you, for love in action is a harsh and dreadful thing compared with love in dreams. Love in dreams is greedy for immediate action rapidly performed so everyone can see men will even give their lives if only the ordeal does not last too long but is soon over with all looking on and applauding as if on a stage but active love active love is labor and Dostoevsky.
0: jude a college literature professor falls for one of his students. She is more interested in the empirical experience of a relationship with a man whose life is ruled by the themes of the Russian literature he extols in class. This movie is just an hour long dialectical. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just philosophy
1: and I love it. <laughs> and it's best is to kind of let it wash over you. Yes. I, I would say with a lot, one of, and this goes basically to simple men and not surviving desire, but. I don't know if you read Ebert's review. of this. I did. And I rolled my eyes. It, well, <laughs> I think that it is indicative of, a of a man, one generation ahead, looking back on a you know, a generation behind and just not getting it. Mm-hmm. This, this mm-hmm. idea of these movies, like he, he ends his review of simple men, which is the next movie we were going to be talking about uh, with a, I don't know if, Hartley Hartley's movies act like they're making fun of you for watching them. And to me, that is a very cynical way of looking at these films, but also a very old man yelling at the clouds yeah. way of looking at these films too.
0: Yeah. Do you want the the line? Yeah. The problem with postmodern movies like simple men is that they seem to consider us fools for watching them. And on the basis of the evidence on the screen, it's hard to disagree.
1: <laughs> Look, I, I can see it's gotta be hard. Like it's gotta be really hard. And I think, I think Ebert, and again, I know I'm kind of kind of unabashed love for him, but like, I think he traversed the, the evolving landscape of film pretty well. Yeah. I think there's pieces of it that he doesn't really get. And they're and like, and then they're inexplicably tied to like the Farrelly brothers. They really fucking love the Fairly brothers. Like it's just bizarre to me. Uh,
0: but, but how, so, so, I mean, this is like the weird thing with, because I have like a very much love hate relationship with Ebert, right? There are times where I'm like on board, right? As, <laughs> Cause he loved George Washington. Right. And I'm right. like, I'm like, that really makes sense. And then he writes something like this. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> but then he loves the Fairley brothers. And so I don't, I mean, I don't, is there anything more postmodern than something like something about Mary?
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Right. I mean,
0: I mean, really. Right. And so then he's going to complain about these or the, you know, Hartley films being postmodern.
1: I I think the, the, I think the problem with these movies is that they seem to invite you to look deeper. Sure. And I think that that, if you start, if you take that invitation, then you've made a huge fucking mistake. (laughs) And I think Hartley would even tell you that, that these are, these are characters that live in a lynchian world. These, these, sure. these, these are characters that live in a, in a hartleyian world. Let's put it that way. And so it is not realistic. They're all, they all are like, I, just molecules bumping into one another, but they don't actually, they don't ever really interact. They, they are every conversation you have in these movies is being had by two individual people talking to themselves. Yes. yes. They are not yes. talking to one yes. another. Yes. And it's, and It's, it's, it's but I think, but I think, oh no, it's so wonderful. Right.
0: (laughs) But I think this also, okay. For a viewer like me, I, I find that fascinating and it it in a different way invites me in to kind of sit there and bounce back and forth right now. I mean, I don't have to, I can, (laughs) one thing I do agree with Ebert is that he, he said that that these films are like, it's like Hartley's telling us to deconstruct this. Right. right? And, and, and so on a certain level there, I agree with that, right? Because, I mean, I take this movie and I'm like, what did I, what did I say here? I'm like, you know, this uses the framework and precariousness of, of tran- transgenerational relationships like to ask questions then about love, purpose, experience, and knowledge. Like I said, it's just philosophy. Right. right. And I mean, what is philosophy if not, you know, understanding that you think something realizing you're wrong and then thinking something else and then just right. continuing doing that,
1: which right. is what the whole movie like does. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, and we're and Ebert are the students in the class at the beginning. Yes. Teach us something yes. for God's sake. I we know. Paid for I, this. know. So, I know. It's so,
0: it's so meta. It's just great.
1: <laughs> 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 like we paid but, for this fucking class. You haven't taught us anything at all. Like right. you have, you you have, have to help me some.
0: pass the final exam. I'm like, there is no final exam in this class. Like there, just right. what are you talking about? Right. But I mean, so I love that, that this is Hartley kind of saying like, this is not the artist's job, right? right? I'm not here to fucking teach you anything. I'm here to, cause what does he even say? He even says like, it's more important to ask questions. Right. And, right? Then, the, and, the, and then the class is like, they're your fucking questions. <laughs> 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 like, I you're the one asking them. Look, this is exactly how I teach. I'm a lot nicer, <laughs> but all I do is ask questions. I never, you know, I mean, and, and I'll, like, I'll read some Dostoevsky and quote or something, but, right. but, 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 this is, I mean, because like some, at some point in the film, he's like, I'm not a very good teacher. And I'm like, actually you kind of are because of this like Socratic method that he's engaging in without giving answers, but still engaging that one kid does not want to engage And he doesn't want to do the work that like Dostoevsky talks about in that passage. Right. right? This kind of active love, but then that love translates into whatever it is to be active in life.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. This movie, like it's, I, I, I grapple with like, cause to me, this is one of the reasons that Hartley is in the layer and echelon where he is, right. This, this idea of you making a 55 minute, movie that's like this that's plotless essentially and is just talking heads really saying nothing i mean and saying a lot but like but really saying i mean you at the end of it you are you're left with uh the student in the bookstore just can i help anyone can i can i can i help you can because anyone need any help yeah. over and over and yeah. over again as we fade to black so you have this like again this is a 55 minute exercise in in Hartley just playing around and like you want to think that had you like all right make this into an hour and a half an hour and 20 and get it out into the theater like w- what are you doing like you're well, making he did this for tv it. Did, I know, yeah yeah, like, yeah okay but I mean. but but I mean but no one's watching TV at that. I don't even know where this would have aired. PBS. It, was a P- it was,
0: it was, it was like
1: PBS playhouse. Well, but wait a minute, <laughs> right. wait, a minute
0: wait a minute, wait a minute.
1: Cause look, cause... I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that it's not a worthy look, exercise. Look, I watch PBS all the time. Yeah. Okay. Right. I know you do. I know you do. But you're, you're the, you and the viewers like you. All I know, right. I know. I, yes. But, but <laughs> like, that is like, I, you're just asking for them to, I, and I get it there's art for art's sake and this is what you want to do it's beautiful but man i it's it of the laments of like what we do on this fucking podcast where (laughs) we have people that we love their voice and that don't get heard this one seems intentional like this one seems like again this is a cassavetes move of like fuck you i'm gonna do what i want yeah um and pbs is throwing some money at me so i'm gonna go ahead and make this movie obviously this movie like clearly wears its low budget on its on its sleeve, But also this movie tells you not to take itself not to take it seriously. Right, right. There's a dance sequence in the middle of it. I love it's, that. I was, it's it's awesome. so wonderful. It's awesome. It is so
0: I and mean, of course like it's, you know, I mean it's it's a clear like metaphor for how this guy feels right. after, sure. after after this having girl. sex right right yeah. Well no, no they you know,
1: did, no they're, they're just they, yeah, they just they, have they the, go
0: have a drink and and she never tells anybody that she's with him, right? And and he goes well, she goes, they might think we're sleeping and I'm sleeping with you to get a better grade. And he goes, but we're not sleeping together. And she so goes, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> and kisses him and leaves. And then he goes into the dance routine, which I think is like, yeah, I mean, a, a, a physical representation of how he feels, but I just, it's so good. Right. It's so good. It's,
1: and it's, yeah. It's just
0: out of nowhere. And it's like seamless. And I guess, <laughs> right. I guess he tripped. I guess Donovan like tripped it and like on accident. Oh, really? But went like right into the. De- <laughs> Yeah, I didn't and, get and so that, they were right? like, okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> there was this, I am... Um... I mean, I just didn't expect them to be professional dancers anyway, so I thought it would just like kind of let it go, right? It, it, oh, these are just dudes on the street that are right, like... Right, right. right. Oh,
0: it, it, it's, oh, it's so good. And it's just like the weird,
1: like they're shoveling at one point. <laughs> right, right. Like, And yeah, and he does like a weird crucifixion thing at yes, the end. Yes. Like it's just... <laughs> It's so these two other guys appear out of nowhere
0: (laughs) join in and there's no music. Right. Which is, which is great. So there's no music during the dance. Oh, you were talking about how people say things, but don't say anything. And I, I think there's, this is another sort of intentional part of this film of, of like spitting these platitudes, but having no idea what they actually mean. right? Right. You're saying things because it sounds smart, but you don't know what you're talking about. So this goes back to, um, I think her name is Mary, right? The, mm-hmm. the character who is on the street just asking people to marry, marry her, right? right. And, and at one point, Donovan brings her coffee and a muffin and she's like, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? <laughs> and he was like, what are, you ta- what are you talking about? And then later on, right? Um, Donovan's friend played by Matt Malloy proposes marriage to her right Or They're going to get married. And she's like, what are you thinking here? What are you trying to buy the cow and you can get the milk for free? With <laughs> this idea that she has no idea what she's actually saying, right? But it's something she's heard over and over. So let's just go ahead and say this. But I think that's a thread to this film too, about how yeah, we all talk nonsense, right? We try to sound smart like this podcast we try to sound smart yeah, but we have whoa, whoa. no idea i know i know we have, one half of this podcast is what you meant to say you're right i'm sorry <laughs> i only speak for myself on this podcast <laughs> um but i mean so in all seriousness i mean that that is really interesting to me the the ideas that get bandied about these pseudo philosophical well i mean for the most part they actually are like philosophical conversations oh, right, i mean right. talking about like you know you can't have faith until you have understanding, but you can't have understanding until you have experience. I mean, this idea of like what comes first and how do you get one or the other? I mean, is very much, I think what Sophie is after right? Right. in, in this kind of relationship, right. Engaging in this experience to come to some understanding and that might lead to faith. Right. Right.
1: I love how they, they, uh, you know, bookend all of it with the banal right where they just oh, where, where her her roommates just talking about you know look they, they all still talk in kind of platitudes but they but but they're but ultimately they're just talking about going out on dates or wishing their boobs were smaller did they like this dress or you know or, um, just, i hate this song but i like the video <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's all this just kind of uh simplistic nonsense it's it's really really a really, really really fun watch um i you know There are moments where I think um, some of the, you know, I I think it it has a little Kevin Smith in a sense. And and like, especially at the beginning scenes where uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the classroom kids clearly aren't, are they either overacting or kind of overreaching with their roles? Um, There's a lot of like dialogue that's spat and, and um, comes off as kind of forced especially when you contrast it with the two leads and the Matt Molloy is great. I mean, oh, like, so yeah, the, the, yeah. all of his regulars who know how to play in this world. Um, but so that, that, that's was like, my, I got a little worried when I first turned it on. Cause I was like, Oh, okay, this is going to get a little rough here. If this is how we're going to go through the entire thing. <laughs> but then once you start to focus on Donovan and, and, yeah. um, and then it just becomes, cause like, everyone else just falls away. Right. 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 And it's smart too, as well. I mean, like I would have, and I understand why he puts that in there, obviously. Um, I don't know what you do with that. I don't, I mean, it's like, when, I don't, I don't know how oh, no. you make that better, I no. guess, is you just yeah. go with what you have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think so. And I think, you know, there's that one kid, I mean, really who, who has, you know, more than just like a shout. Right. Right. And, and, but he kind of goes away and doesn't have to come back every kid. <laughs> right. But I mean, I do like that. Like the, the class is just, they're all pissed off and like somebody like screams or cries or wails in the back of the room. Somebody throws paper at him as he's writing on the board and he just turns around and like throws chalk back with that. It's great. It's right. just a
3: great, a
0: great, a great moment. I had a teacher in grade school, in primary school, and I went to Catholic school. Um, but he would, he would be writing on the chalkboard, right? Cause it's back in the day. Right? <laughs> right. And if you were in, if you were talking, right, if you were misbehaving, he would turn around without even looking and and throw the eraser at you. And so you always knew right? who got in trouble in that class because they had chalk dust on them. <laughs> I was hit more than once with that, with that <laughs> eraser. <laughs> um, some of the dialogue in this is just so funny. Yeah. Um, they meet, so Donovan just goes into the bookstore where she works and he just sits in the corner like and reads, right? And then, you know, eventually he gets kicked out unless he buys right. a book. Right. But, yeah. but so after they're kind of seeing each other, he's in there reading and she comes up and he's like, you know, I missed you in class or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I overslept. And he's like, classes at two in the afternoon. And she's like, let's not argue. And he's like, well. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like, I mean, in the fact that they can do this in such a dry, like straightforward way, it just makes it so much better for me.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I wonder I mean, obviously it's Hartley as the director and, 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 and working with people that he trusts, but like having all of them kind of come off as they're all acting in their own individual movies um, is a feat in and of oh, itself. Yeah. Um, especially as we get to simple men. Um, <clears throat> Cause this one's got such a small cast that it really is a two-hander for the most part um, for it's a, <laughs> you know a couple as you, as you expand out but that's basically it yeah this movie then gets i think gets a little bit more serious after they sleep together and it becomes clear that she's really only in it for the experience Right, um, And then, and, and, and she's writing a novel. <laughs> I love that line. She's like, are you going to write a novel? She's like, today? <laughs> it's like today you know. uh, uh, <clears> or, <throat> but when they have, when they're at the diner together after or the, you know, the, the, the cafe, um, and she's reading from her story and basically it's about him mm-hmm. and he turns it back on her and says, now read it as a female. And she's kind of like destroyed by it. Destroyed yeah. may be strong, but like, and then, and so is he. And he goes back to his classroom, you know, and is talking about Dostoevsky and, and then write is writing on the board. And then we pull back and it's just says knowing is not enough. Yeah. Um, and then we get her in the bookstore again, um, you know, seemingly lost and trying to help someone or, or, you know, I mean, there's this, there's this thread
0: of existentialism through this, through this film. And I think we see the two characters at the end. Sophie's in the bookstore where we saw her before, asking, "Does anyone need help? Does anyone need help?" And even though it's crowded, nobody wants help. Where we see Donovan laying in the gutter, literally, right? And a guy asks for directions, <laughs> and he right. realizes he doesn't know where to go <laughs> on the ground, so he has to get up. But there's this moment of feeling useful, I think, for him. Right. That. And and so this idea of like, what are we here for? Like, what are we doing? I think kind of goes back in different ways on these two characters. Um, I mean this yeah the the film is so much i think about like what it is to engage with life right whether that's or i guess with love right or or engage with life or love but the question of like what is it to be active what does that mean how do we do that um how do we learn to do that and and then through that act of being active or like rather experiences i mean what does that what does that then add up to? Right. And so Sophie looking for these experiences is left
1: asking the same kind of questions. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's, and I, I going back to like, um, you know, had this been screened somewhere, I, I, I almost wish, cause he, he does a couple of other shorts at the same mm-hmm, time. Like mm-hmm. I wish we had the ability to, or wish studios at the time would have been more open to, to not anthologies cause it's the wrong term, but, letting a letting a filmmaker release an, an hour and a half worth of material uh whether it be you know a certain number of shorts put you know shoved yeah. together in a in a Hal Hartley experience <laughs> that there's no narrative thread between them but
0: uh wait is that kind of what they're doing is that kind of what um Wes Anderson is doing now on like Netflix it seems like it, haven't... but
1: again they're not they're not necessarily they're they're, they're not tied together really. I mean like, so it's just, it's, it's, you know, they're just shorts in, in this, in this that exist on a platform at this point. Gotcha. Um, and it almost seems like a, like again, I, I think I, I hate to be Ebert in this, but it does seem like shit that goes directly to streaming is just, is a waste really. Yeah. It's, it's, um, weirdly gatekeeping in a way that doesn't make sense to me. And, well, it's, uh, it's,
0: it's accounting at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So there is no, and we've talked about this before, but there is no artistic sensibility in those decisions, right? It's not about art. It's about like, Oh, this won't make money here, but maybe it'll make money there. And if it doesn't, we can write it off and bury it on the streaming service. Right. Can I give you a couple more lines from sure, this film please. that I, that I really enjoyed? Um, you live in books and ideas. You're a victim of theoretical abstraction, All distractions are demons. (laughs) Um, Donovan on the phone with Sophie. I wrote a poem for you, a really beautiful poem, but I spilled a beer on it and forgot what it said. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're in his, his apartment and he's having a kind of like, they're, they're going to go to bed together and he's kind of having this realization that like, it's all basically going to go to shit afterwards. Right. right? I mean, I think he knows this and he says to her, I'll never be the same again, but who cares? Kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> and then our, our wandering woman who, who continues to ask people to marry, to, to marry her. Donovan finds her at a gas station and proposes. And and of course she says no. Right. And he's like, but I thought you wanted to get married. And she's like, I just wanted someone to ask. <laughs> yeah. And I really, and this is something else too, that's in this film donovan like they just want attention of some kind right. right or of a certain kind and and i just i like that being one of the last lines of dialogue in the film i thought that was, that yeah. was nice. she just wanted to be asked.
1: it's good it's good go yeah. watch it yeah I, it's also inexplicably hard to find these films outside of oh, on yeah. the criterion channel. Yep. Um, he released most of them himself. So, uh, watch it while you can. Yeah. you can buy the blu-rays. Most of them are, I mean, that's the, true. But surviving desires on blu-ray,
0: the Henry fool trilogy isn't, <laughs> it's sold out. Right. Um, it's out of print. I wish they would, oh,
1: anyway, but yeah, everything can, else is available. Maybe we can so. call him and see what's up.
0: Yeah. I'm sure he, <laughs> You, wait, were you guys the ones who talked about that that rescreening of one of my films in South Korea and it made twelve hundred dollars? You guys found that out. You guys are awesome.
2: We are awesome.
0: Okay, simple man.
2: Tomorrow, the first good-looking woman I see, I'm not gonna fall in love with her. That'll show her.
0: And she'll be good to you.
3: Can I help you?
2: Yeah, we're here to see about a patient, William McCabe.
3: Are you his family?
2: I guess so. He's our father. Is he okay? I think your father's a wonderful man. I don't care what the newspapers say about him. Go back to your station, lease. He wouldn't have blown up that building if he knew those people were in there.
3: The man dangerous anyway.
2: There's no such thing as adventure. There's no such thing as romance. There's only trouble and desire.
0: Dennis is a handsome and bookish college student. His brother, Bill is a rough human ladies, man and thief together. They search for their dad, confront their expectations of each other themselves and their attitudes towards women.
1: <laughs> they're, they're the same guy. I don't know why like why, why we're again, all these, these descriptions are like, <laughs> they're simple men. They're, they're not there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. One of them is in college. and One of them is a thief, but, uh,
0: um, so, the tagline for this movie is there's only trouble and desire. Right. (laughs) And, and so the full quote comes from bill and he says, there's no such thing as adventure. There's no such thing as romance. There's only trouble and desire. And I think this could be sort of the tagline for all of Hartley's films. Yeah. Right. He is only interested in this idea of what do these characters want and what happens when they try to get it right. And then let's find out let's follow. And again, this idea of these characters sort of being in their own worlds or in their own films then complicates that further, I think. And I think that the most interesting characters are the ones who will fucking destroy themselves to get what they want and everyone else around them do whatever it takes to get what they want. Yeah. And he talks to.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had an something. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that in. I'm just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you, have you read Anna Karenina? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like Anna, right? She, in the end, she does destroy herself to get the one thing that she wants, right? She wants the love of Vronsky. I mean, I'm being reductive, but you get it, right? right. But she destroys her social status. She destroys her family. Her kids die. It doesn't matter, right? This is what she wants and fucking all she's going to get it. It doesn't matter. And so, but, but, but she's also so beloved because of this. Mm -hmm. right? Now I'm not saying that like, you know, Bill or you know Bob Burke's character is like Anna Karenina but <laughs> right, right but there is this kind of drive that leads him to trouble and sort of in a way destroying himself to then having to be rebuilt right or reborn right, right? or am I giving that too much credit no I don't okay,
1: think so good. I don't yeah. think so yeah uh Fuck you, Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I do like I said I I think it's a I think that's Ebert's take on this, this movie. I think it's, I think it's wrong. I mean, I just, I, I I don't think that this, I don't think for a moment that Hal Hartley is saying that you're saying any of the audience is a fool for watching his films. I don't think there's really, I, I mean, like outside of like Freddy got fingered, I think there's not very, there's very few (laughs) films that actually like, uh, like hate their audiences. I mean, I, I know it happens, right? I mean, I, but, but like, I don't think this is, these films are so innocent. They're so yeah. whimsical. They're so, and look, I get it that, that again, there is a, a distinct visual uh, and, and audible flair to both all of these films. And if you don't vibe with that, I can see where these come, that can be off putting. I, I would just, I mean, like, here's the thing. I think the, 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 the simplistic, and I don't think this is what Ebert's saying, but the simplistic take about these movies is that they're, you know, they're poorly acted and they're, and they're, and they're, you know, that they're, they're bad. I mean, because these people come off as stilted, this is Mameti in a way, oh, yeah. but not with the daggers. Right. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no vile, there's no bile or cynicism that, that, that Mamet takes to his screenplays that Hartley does to his, but, but it's similar. There's similar cadence and there's similar kind of like uh, similar stiltedness to what we're watching here. But again, it's mostly because these characters are, again, they're all in their own, they're all caught up in their own worlds, you know, to the detriment of themselves. Obviously,
0: it's almost like they're
1: they're thinking out loud, right? I mean, right. yeah, yeah. It's like the voiceover <laughs> that they should be having is inside is, their is, right is actually <laughs> being spoken, loud. right? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of that is that is exactly like that. It's it's just why are you saying these things when it's clearly <laughs> like like we we get it. Uh, so the plot's a little bit more complicated, obviously than this one, um, Burke's character is robbing computers. Uh, our first, our first instance of computers in, 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 in a Hartley film, uh, $650,000 worth of computers, but he gets double crossed by his, his partner and his love of his life. Um, Vera. they go back to the, their hometown, uh, where he meets up with his brother and, um, are they going to see his father or does the father was just, they, Oh, they get called back. They go back to home because the father had a heart attack in prison. And now or, he's or at- they
0: just caught the dad.
1: So, so
0: the father was on the run. He was like a sixties activist. Like, um, I, be, I believe he's based off really like Bill Ayers yeah, the, okay. of the mm-hmm. weatherman yeah. un- underground. And so, he finally gets caught, right? But he was he was a hell of a shortstop for the, <laughs> for the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers. Dodgers right? <laughs> Turned anarchist, so he finally gets caught. Um, the the younger brother reads it or sees it and goes there. Burke's character was there to pull off the robbery, so he's just kind of there, right? right. And then it it seems like an ex of his who had their kid. I don't know. He runs into her. I mean, it, it's weird that like Hartley's films are all set in some way like in new york and new york city but everybody fucking knows each other <laughs> right. <laughs> right always just like bump into each other it's like okay <laughs> um and so then yeah they find out that oh yeah your dad had a heart attack went to the hospital and then at the hospital they find out that he escaped,
1: and their mom kind of puts them on a task to find them right i mean like- right
0: she yeah because they're like well where would he go or what you know what's going on and, and she's like well last time i saw him he made me memorize this phone number and this name and it's like a black and white photo and on the back. It says Tara and there's a phone number. <laughs> right. And then they just go off on like, yeah, yeah. Like a little, and then a road odyssey, trip. Is, and yeah, adventure. Right. Yeah.
1: And they come up into this town of essentially weirdos. And, uh, <laughs> like it's a, it's a town of just like an all Hartley films. It's a town of like six people. And, uh, yeah,
0: but it's a real town.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I mean, they get off the train in Lindenhurst. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just like what East of
1: Amityville. And then this is very like you, you, I don't think Gordon Green ever watched any Hal Hartley films, but this seems like what Gordon Green was trying to do with a lot of his films. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> where the characters really truly are just characters. I mean, like they they're oddballs and they 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 drive forward the plot in weird in weird mm-hmm. red herring type <laughs> ways. And, and um, it, you know, as much as I enjoyed Holly Marie Combs. Oh, yeah. yeah in yeah. this movie, oh, she plays oh, a Catholic schoolgirl oh. that helps him figure out where Tara is actually from. Well, it's, she kind of helps him down the first path of, of finding Tara. And then um, Donovan help finishes it off just by looking through the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, she seems like she's the least in a Hartley movie in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say there's something about, and again, I know, I know, but there's something about girls whose sleeves are too long. And like this was a nine. There was a nineties um, fashion thing where oversized clothes, where they'd have to brush their hair back behind their ear, and, and the sleeves were just slightly longer than they should be. And The collars are a little bigger. Yeah. 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 There was there's something yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to be creepy, and I know it's too late for that, but <laughs> just <laughs> we well, didn't say exactly what that something was. Well, it's it's funny to me because that is such a thing too, like of, of the fashion style for young girls at the time was just that kind of a, one the oversized clothing, obviously, but like that particularly for whatever reason stuck out to me is like <laughs> just having those, those specific jackets and, and shirt sleeves that were just a little too long it came to the middle of your finger. Not middle of your fingers, but like the middle of your fingers. Uh, I don't know. Just- so we're we're learning quite a bit today, right? Right. James Vanderbeek. Beek. Let's go back to. <laughs> <laughs> well, one we know that you have an obsession with Holly Marie Combs from, from last time. <laughs> Look, I don't have an obsession. I'm just saying that's the reason that a reason to believe is watch. All right. I mean, and then I was kind of going. I was like, I was when I saw her in this, and I'd forgotten that she was in this. I was like, what did she? I mean, like, then it's funny to me that she wasn't bigger. I know. Like, I was gonna, I, 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 and again, it's not far be it for me to say that. Like, I know that Charmed was a huge show. Right. I mean, like, I
3: mean,
1: and, and so, and I know that she was on picket fences and like, mm-hmm. um, but it seems like, <clears throat> excuse me, it seems like she would have broken. Um, she had that kind of vibe and look and that, that nineties cool. Like, why isn't she a Robin Tunney or, uh, Renee Zellweger or Liv Tyler? Like, why didn't she get into better actress like, than Robin Tunney? Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I watched Empire Records today as well. Okay, so, like, that's the reason why she came up. But, but like that, that kind of like um, that. She looked like yeah. Shannon Dory yeah. or or Nev Campbell, or like it seems like she could have gotten into those, um, gotten into a scream or gotten into a. Yeah, she wasn't in the, anything. You know, it, yeah. It's bizarre that she, her movie career didn't really take off.
0: She was in Born on the Fourth of July. I don't remember, I don't that, remember that either, but she has like a name, right? A name character. Um,
1: and then it's like all TV stuff. And I mean, TV for teens at that reason time, reason to believe, would have been, would have been probably fine. Right. You're, you're in your 90210s. I mean, like charmed was a huge show. I, again, it wasn't no, no, for right, me, right. but like, but being on a, a, a show that runs and I'm sure it pays the bills really well. Cause it's always on syndication. Um, Yeah. I used to, I used to
0: watch it when I was at Ohio state, um, when I was in the gym because they had all these TVs and they were all, you couldn't really change the channel. So they were all just set to like ESPN and TNT. And so I'd I'd go to the gym in the morning and it would just be like four hours of charm (laughs) and I would go like most days so I could like keep up.
1: (laughs) There's only like six shows that are, that are actually syndicated. Right. Like, as far as I know, I've only, like, again, on YouTube TV, you can watch Friends, you can watch The Office, any sort of flavor of Law & Order you can watch. Charmed is on there, and then Two and a Half Men, inexplicably, which, how the fuck was that ever a show? And for so long. Like, like, look, I, I know that that... You know, we we badmouth friends, but friends mostly became flanderized really at the end, and which is kind of like ruined. It it, it it goes back and retroactively ruins the show. Yeah. Um, and when I say flanderized, if you're not familiar with the term, that just means that they they all became like they all had character traits that that that's all they were at the end of the show. Joey ate and didn't share food. Monica cleaned and was you know obsessive compulsive. Chandler was you know whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. That that show became terrible at the end, um, because they were all just one note characters. Like that's how two and a half men started. And it was, I, I, it, was it ever funny? Like, I don't know. I, I, I never watched it cause I always just figured it was a piece <clears throat> of shit show.
0: Um, what's her name? Melanie, Melanie Linsky? Linsky. She was good. Well, right. I mean, but she's always rogue. right. Right. But that, Cause that was like one of her
1: first, I mean, went yeah, out of kind right? of a kid thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Kid things don't count. <laughs> and look, Big Bang Theory, I can see, like, it's not funny, but I can see the appeal, right? I can, I can, because again, it ties into pop culture. It allows you to laugh down and punch down at these characters. Like, the, the, the lewdness of Two and a Half Men and the, like, that would have gone out of style with Married with Children. Like, yeah. I mean, like, that, yeah. like, why was this, like, Jack and Apes Lothario, like a, a person that we all wanted to to watch. I I, I I've never been able I, to understand Two and a Half Men, like how it how it no. went on forever. No, I don't. I don't know. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. Tr- so Holly Marie Combs, she wasn't in Two and a Half she, Men either. Um, but she, yeah, one of those she, things yeah, she where she like been th- that there were so many like roles available. It just seems like it, it like maybe there weren't, uh, but it seems like she could have gotten into a fucking disturbing behavior or uh you know some one of these like yeah. low rent i know what you did last summer kind of knockoffs urban uh you know uh, urban legends one of these things to kind of fill in the gaps to get her to, to a a movie career uh and maybe the uh
0: yeah i mean rebecca gayhard was in you said urban legends i was right. thinking like, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so uh and yeah so i don't know uh, but uh, Holly, if you're ever on, you know, ever want to come on, why does Wilhelm scream? There's an open chair. There's yeah. not tonight, but there would be an open chair. We'd but make we
0: we will you. we will find. You can have my chair.
1: <laughs> I'll stand up. I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't and worry. We won't bring up a reason to believe. I promise. Mm-hmm. And and, and mm-hmm. we'll be very very respectful. Well,
0: we might make a joke about. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely want to ask questions about it. Yeah. And like, I mean, but, uh, but not, not necessarily just the boob part. I mean, like, no, I mean just, no, no, just no, no. And I
0: didn't mean we'd make reference to the boobs, but I mean, we'd just make reference to her the film, her
1: whole entire career, whatever yeah. it spanned. I don't know. We
0: find some pun with reason. I don't
1: know. I And that's maybe the thing is with, in, in this, she is again, not to be creepy, but she is so alluring in this and like, and she's good in this. She's not Hartley in this right but i think she's good and i think it's one of those things where like um why didn't you know kevin smith should have picked her up and done something that like would have been
0: like. yeah but i mean i think she is interesting in this and i mean i know you say she's not Hartley, but i agree i, I i'm not i'm not saying that it's a negative really I just, oh, okay i'm just because well, i mean one of the things that i find really interesting about his films is how these you will have almost you know a character like this and edward these like strange kind of enigmatic people just pop up and right. then they're gone. Right? right. Right. And so I think she fits that mold really well. Right. Yeah. And did you catch the guy, the motorcycle guy? Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch his name? Yeah. Ned rifle. Yeah. yeah. Ned rifle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure everyone else is catching those Easter eggs. <laughs> There's always like a Ned rifle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which so I fair. find it funny. Cause he's the one learning French and then, or no, he's not the one learning. He's the motorcycle guy. So the other guy's learning French. Okay. But this yeah. is
0: clearly, but he's the one saying, trouble and desire <laughs> right right, over and, right. Over, oh, and over, yeah. over again yeah, yeah. he's yeah. very despondent about that
1: <laughs> uh the, the but the, this whole this clearly has nods to gadar i mean like this the the sequence of the band apart dance i was gonna say yeah awesome. yeah yeah it's so yeah. good in this too I like it's so like it. organic and like but she's wearing the same shirt it's so good and like elena she's like she's kind of a french-ish she's she's a uh, romanian but <laughs> I, I love but, that line too but, where it's like <laughs> one that's her real name and he's like she's weird. And it's like, how is she weird? She's Romanian. She's like, how's that weird? You ever met anybody from Romania? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But and and she
0: has a kind of, um, Karina look to her as well. Right. Right. But, and I, and I mean, I I can love, I love that scene so much and the use of cool thing, right. By, by Sonic youth is, is perfect. It's perfect. And, and, they're not really dancing with the song. Like, no, it doesn't, but it just fits. Oh, so well. And the
1: way that he plays with the two guys dancing with her and like, cause in, in band apart, mm-hmm. it's so like, they kind of fall in step and they do it. Like it's so well. And, but like Donovan, <laughs> like they just, they're terrible at this dance and they're like, they don't really even want to be there, but they feel like they're like, there's this movie moment that they're, that they know they're a part of and that they kind of reluctantly are taking place in yep. this kind of like a weirdly, I don't necessarily know if it's meta or not, but it's this moment of these are these people who re- recognize that they're characters in a in, in a story at least <laughs> that they have to play along to this part. Yep, and it just comes out of nowhere. It goes it goes nowhere. It just completely disappears. Yeah, uh, it's so. I was la- I was laughing oh, really really hard, and I was I was like yeah. I was so happy with that. It scene.
0: was it's so great, and I you know yeah, Donovan's like a little bit off from yeah. um. I forget his Dennis is the character. I forget the actor's it name. Same. Um, he's just a little bit off. And then when the camera sort of, you know, switches to, um, Burke and what's her name? Karen Silas. Mm-hmm. But I forget again, I forget the characters. Name. Right. Um, then you see Donovan like stare at them and I just, but that was such a nice like little moment. Cause he's just kind of looking through his hair. Right. And he's so great in this too. I mean, a small yeah. part, but just so good. Yeah. And, and, something else I love about Donovan wears a like, beard well as well. I, he does. He does. <laughs> is the violence that, that Hartley has him do because <laughs> right. he doesn't look like a violent guy, right? But in, in trust and surviving desire, he's just constantly <laughs>
1: like yeah, on the edge like, of us, ready, ready, <laughs> ready to blow it in a moment's notice. <laughs> when,
0: I love the, when in surviving desire, when he meets Sophie at the cafe and she's sitting at the table with another boy and he just walks in and goes scram. And the kid's like, what? And he just grabs him by the collar and throws him out. And like, well, nobody messes with this guy. Right. It's great.
1: And he flips the table at the yes, end of that comment. Yes. Yeah. So like- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I,
0: I wasn't so thrilled with that violence, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, look, that's maybe on the verge of dating violence. Not, anyway, no, but but and and in this one too, he's just an angry
1: Right. He's just this angry guy. Well, yeah, he's been rejected, right? I mean yeah. It's so yeah. yeah.
0: You get the feeling he was angry before
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I it like all of these movies, it feels like I almost wish they were more Lynchian where the plot was more inscrutable. I mean, this one's ridiculous, right? Yeah. By the time that they meet his father and they're on the boat and he's just spouting off nonsense and they're all like just repeating it kind of like <laughs> as a matter of routine, but not actually listening to what he's saying. Yeah.
0: Well, but he's not even listening. To right. It. I mean, and, right. but this goes back to what we talked about earlier too, Like people are saying things, but they're not saying anything. All this guy is doing is reading from a book. These aren't his ideas. He doesn't even know <laughs> what these ideas are talking about, right? He's not a real anarchist. It's just a show. Right, right.
1: But these movies exist in this weird middle ground of like they're, the plots are followable. So they're not Lynchian, right? They're not like where you're just, okay, what the fuck did I just watch? I liked it, but what the fuck did I just watch? This one, I almost wish we kind of went a little further in that Mm -hmm. that realm Mm -hmm. so I don't have to like, because I mean, the plots are so simple and non, I mean, like, and, and silly. It's, I mean, not that that's a bad thing. It's just, it's, it's funny to me that like trying to make sense or trying to to talk through this film, like, because they both become involved with women in this town who are involved with their father who's on the run. Um, At least one of them is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But
0: the other one has a
1: violent ex-husband who like
0: just got out of jail. Right. so there's that kind of yeah
1: um tension. And, and and again it's all in the details of what makes this movie great when he's taught when so when burke kisses kate and she slaps him the first time and then they come back and she's like um are you gonna kiss me are you gonna hit me and it's like well i didn't hit you um, because you kissed me I i <laughs> i hit you because you thought i couldn't resist and he's like I hit you because I because I couldn't help myself. No, I kissed you. Yeah, I kissed you because I couldn't help myself. And uh, and she's like, "Well, I won't hit you if you kiss me again." And so then, but but yeah, there's just moments that are like that. That that um, yeah, just they're so good that are that. um, And like you don't find them anywhere else. Like you don't find those type of moments in any. Like there's no Mm -hmm. other dialogue. No one else is doing that. No, No. That other than Hartley, really. And there's this. I mean, going back
0: to going back to Burke, who who got double crossed by his partner and his and his girlfriend you know, now he's out for revenge, not on them, but on the first woman he meets, right? He's like, look, I'm going to find someone. I'm going to make them love me. and I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> A very kind of like in the company of men moment. Right. right? Yeah. Um, Matt Malloy's in the extended universe. When he finally does meet Kate, you know, there's this moment where you see him thinking like, oh yeah, I'll destroy this woman. And then quickly he realizes, no, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm screwed. No, I'm like, yeah. But I mean, this is that moment where again, like this is what he wants to do but he can't and in fact it just breaks him down right and then turns him into something else by the end right i mean not the person he thought he was or i think you know we thought he was but these characters are so i'm never quite sure what to make of them motivation wise anyway
1: right right hmm. and and this movie ends with his head on her shoulder and you 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 know is it him realizing that you know this is what he needs period. And, and hopefully that she won't, um, you know, betray him like the, you know, like, the, like his first love did. Uh, and, and then she says the same, and, you know, why are all the men in my life criminals? Yeah. Uh, was, you know, and so is this what she needs? <laughs> like, and will right. she accept him and like be able to like do what <laughs> he needs for her? Um, I mean that, and that's what's so wonderful, I guess, about these films is that at the, you know, at the end of the day, they're just, they, they are, I mean again not to put a point on it or not to point it out but like they are simple men right there are and like not, not not just the men these are all just simple people having simple needs and I think that's kind of what all of Hartley films are about except to this point are about people who are in their own fucking way for the most part and, yeah. and, and all they really need to do is like relax yep. and breathe and and live uh but I think you know it's but all of it, you know, it's this, I mean, it's just kind of a reflection of how we all are. Um, and <laughs> for the most part, anyway, <laughs> we're, we're the ones tripping ourselves up. Right. Right.
0: More often than not.
1: I mean, I, I do think that
0: uh, one of the, th- one of the things I really liked about this film was the moment where they're all, this is after the dance and they're all talking about exploitation, especially like, you know, sexuality mm-hmm. and, 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 fame and, and money. And, and like, what does this exploitation get you? And I do think that, like a lot of Hartley's films, they're about interesting things kind of wrapped in brown paper bags. Right. I mean, I just, because there's a lot of, like, interesting stuff going on there, but they're just, there's nothing showy about it, right? There's no ribbons and bows here, or, like, really even, I mean, the dialogue flair is because of the stiltedness, not because it's
1: um, sorkin Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's uh, to the point, right? I mean, like, and I know you're not, I'm, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but I mean, <laughs> the, 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 this idea of ordinary being beautiful, right? And ordinary being extraordinary and being worth looking at is what all of his intent is, right? All of the, all of the stiltedness, the, the, the visual, um, you know, camera work that he, I mean, all of that, that he puts on it, that, that you know, his kind of signature is is to bring out and to say that these characters, yeah exactly that, yeah. that these, these characters are not in and of themselves mm-hmm. they are notew- noteworthy but you wouldn't necessarily if you don't look deeper than than just this kind of plain aesthetic that that I've given you you're not going to know it yeah and so how I'm going to let you how this evolves and 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 uh, you know become something other than David Gordon Green is that he. <laughs> I just love that. You're always like going back to
0: (laughs) kicking a dead horse, man. I'm so glad this isn't another David Gordon green
1: scenario. Oh, I thought we might've D double G ourselves. again. But it, but it, but I, I, you know, the comparison, I think, you know, from is, is, I think, I I think what what Hartley here does here is, is, is extremely note. I mean, like it's extremely well done and it's really, really smart. And, and, um, not easy to pull off. And if he doesn't put these people in these situations and have them seek, speak this dialogue, I don't, I think we just see this as a, as a, obviously these, these movies aren't, these aren't notable movies. We're just like, right whatever. Right. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. And I mean, I, you know, going back to something you said, I mean, I do, his composition style is, is just wonderful. Yeah. And the way that he works with his DP and the way that they sort of pair colors together, I just think it. they are subtly beautiful mm-hmm. films. Right. And they are gorgeous films, but it, it's like everything else. If you kind of don't pay attention, you'll miss it.
1: Right. Because right? they, because on the, on the surface they're bleak and, and kind of bland They're kind of colorless. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> or they're at least all like long Island, uh, well, you know, just long Island gray. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a color. It's in my crayon box. <laughs> <laughs> that that conversation was great too, which was the, uh, I've never been to long Island. You've been to long Island. It's like, no, I, I've never, like, you've been to Queens. You've been to long Island. It's like, that's not, that's and not, Queens. <laughs> it's part of long it's Island. Part. It's a borough on long Island of New York city <laughs> on, on
0: long Island. long Island. Long Island's a terminal moraine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the repetition again, again, with Donovan and Burke and the repetition here, like, like we saw in unbelievable truth and and trust right of the back and forth like go to bed no i'm not tired you have to get up early no i don't you've had to, and the, right. i forget exactly how it goes but yeah. that that is like repeated three times back and it's just i love i mean i just yeah i'm kind of going back to to ebert this idea like if you're here for sort of plot and story this isn't for you i mean not really right yeah Th- these films are made for the patient Right. <laughs> ones who, ones who kind of give themselves over to those structures and rhythms. And like, yeah, if you're watching for plot and story, yeah, you're probably not going to enjoy this. I do think that these,
1: I mean, but I don't think they fall into like this ethereal, like no. realm of like a harmony Corinne or like these no. like, other kind of like, or like a Gus Van Sant, like mumblecore nonsense that, that he did for a minute there. No,
0: no, right. Right. I don't, no, no, I don't, I don't either. Right. But I mean, I just, I just, like if you're, I think Ebert is very much a story guy. Sure. Right. I guess that's kind of what I mean is that, that that Ebert wants a plot, wants a story. And this isn't really going to satisfy that. Right. Because, like you said, it's so simple and, and also like ludicrous in a way. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, like, if you're looking for plot holes, you're going to find them. Sure. I mean, absolutely. But again, this is also, you know, like a Cassavetes too. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. those plots were, you're like, Wait, where what just happened what are we doing why is he calling the club right now he's supposed to kill this guy like why why is he concerned about the paris number right so
1: yeah yeah i i i i mean i said i think ebert's wrong that this film feels like it's too cool for school i yeah, don't i, I don't I, feel I, like that at any point it's pointing a finger it's it's not it because to do that you'd almost have to um I mean, it had to be angrier. it had have to be yeah, yeah. way more cynical than this. There's no cynicism in these films. Like there's not, um, you know, there's violence, but it's not, uh, it, it's all just self-destructive. It's not, it's not, it's not towards really, we don't see a lot of person to person violence. There's not, it's not, it's not, it's not gratuitous. So I don't know. It, it, <clears throat> I just feel like it's a weird, I, I feel like it's a weird, I didn't get it kind of take. And I think that's a weird take from Ebert just to say, well, mm-hmm. if I don't get it, it's because it, clearly he understands, like if you read the entire review, there's portions of it that he pulls out that he likes. Um, but I feel like it's a weird, it's a weird take to say that this movie feels like it's pointing its finger back at its audience and saying, I don't want you to like me. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the, the message is, I want you to look deeper than, than, and, and at the, at what you would normally say is ordinary.
0: Well, and, and I mean, I think this is something else that, that like Hartley has said himself is that he, he's concerned with how people navigate this world of like hypocrisy, right? And like, how do we kind of exist in this place when like this place just doesn't care, right? right? And uh, for Ebert too, to say like, well, this guy's clearly talented and he's like wasting his talent. I mean, essentially, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that, that just, I mean, it's like, it's like well, Ebert saying, look, look, I want you to make this kind of film, which is completely opposite of what you want to do, but I want you to do what I want you to do.
1: Especially <sighs> considering everything else that was, this is not so far from, flung that everything else was going, that was coming out at this particular right. point in time, especially from a visual perspective. I don't think he like really, I, I mean, I don't think anybody was doing what Hartley was doing with dialogue or acting really, but like um, it seemed, but I mean, look, ultimately boiling it down to these are talky movies about white people. That's not, that was, you had those in abundance yeah. <laughs> during this particular yeah. point in time in cinema. Um, so to call these out to say that like almost like it's a, it's a weird thing too. Cause like, if you look at it, like <clears throat> clerks would be the film that I think almost is making you feel not cool enough to watch it. Now, Kevin Smith's got a different, um, you know, feel, but like that movie and is almost one that's like, if you're not in the club or you don't get yeah. all of the references, then yeah, you're not for, this movie's not, you know, not for you and, and you're not cool enough to watch this.
0: And a lot of Kevin Smith stuff was people
1: trying to sound smart. Right. 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 And and then, I mean, it was like. And I'm not saying that's Kevin and Smith's intent, but I'm saying that, that if, but the feeling, I would no, say that, that goes I, more to that. But I think it might be.
2: Hey. I mean, I think,
0: I mean, I think if you look at films like, like Clerks, like Chasing Amy,
1: I think. I think dogma is the worst Okay. 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 I but think dogma is the worst one of like, here's what I'm going to tell you. And here's where I truly think yeah. that I'm smarter than everybody
0: else. Right. 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 But, but those are the films, right? Yeah. Where and, and, and it's like a, it's like a sophomore in their first philosophy class. Right? I mean, sure, y- sure. Y- I don't know. I always come back to that analogy. It's, <laughs> I got to move on to something else. Right. But, but it is like, Oh, look, look, look what we are, look what we're saying. Look how we're, we're so sincere about this. And you just don't get it. I don't know. Right, right where i think with hartley you, you know ebert accuses him of, of sort of like being ironic and and okay maybe but i also think there's a lot of sincerity there even if it's a kind of slant sincerity it's not a you know dead straight sincerity but there is i think he's yeah and i think
1: ebert's yeah. review doesn't really pull out any actual points of like he doesn't actually explain himself no. like the postmodernism slant is added right at the end Damn. and it really doesn't like uh <laughs> it really doesn't like provide you any examples of what he's talking about. Right. Um yeah, I mean like like I said, I think you could you could throw a stick and hit 10 different uh movies that did think that they were yeah. cooler than you, uh, especially from that time frame. Um yeah, when was
0: when was kicking and screaming? <laughs> I mean, look, Noah ab- <laughs> Bond. No, yeah, I mean. stream would have been. What was like, a couple years later? 95?
1: Four, 90, yeah, something like right, that. 94, okay, 95. Yeah. Maybe 96, coming out late. He doesn't, but this doesn't, this, again, this doesn't really hit either, though. I mean, like, this yeah. doesn't, like, make any waves. It's amateur that makes the first waves for him, and, that's, and then we'll get into kind of his peak popularity coming up pretty quickly. But then, then yeah, been, but he has a very small window of where. Uh, people are paying attention,
0: yeah, and then quickly not,
1: right, <laughs> right. right.
0: Uh, so yeah, what's up next? We've got
1: amateur's the next long film. I'm not sure what's next after that. If it's um... uh, flirt, okay. So yeah. two solid ones. So yeah, amateur Flirt and then Henry Fool. I've purposely I, not like watched it again yet. So I because I, I, I one I like to watch them a little closer than when we're actually recording because if I don't, then I'll I feel forget. like I, I forget yeah. things. But well, um,
0: and I think well you watch a lot more movies than I do, um, hmm. but I think we're both kind of watching other things on top of it, and then things start to bleed together, and I forget stuff. Right? Do we know who's
1: <laughs> directing? Um, Beverly Hills Cop 4 yet?
0: No, no. So you um, had here, let me see if I can
1: find You it. had Martin Brest, uh, Tony Scott, and then John Landis, I think directed 3, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm interested to see, those are all big names. It might not have been Landis, but I think there was a big name attached to Beverly Hills Cop 3. Mark Malloy.
0: Who the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, let's see. What else has he done? Yeah, it was John Landis. Okay, um, Mark Malloy. Boy, nothing. Um, Apple at work. Ooh. So some shorts, I think. Apple iPad homework.
1: <laughs> so some big heavy hitters. Nissan. Johnny so, yeah. Walker. So, so commercials. Right. So he's okay. a he's a he's a known name. In well, look, road. you have to start somewhere.
0: Let's not. And you know, I mean, Martin your Brest, your
1: boy David Fincher. Tony Scott started john I mean, landis i know and know, and know. It, look no one no one remembered Beverly Hills cop three because one it was pg-13 i right. think but like right um but i who, watched I, mean- I watched part one again um
0: what, after after I told you that?
1: Like, <laughs> well, I was doing work for Real House and like I was looking at YouTube movies that were free with ads, like free, you know? Yeah. So I was just kind of walking. And like, I. so Beverly Hills was one of, actually all three Beverly Hills Cop movies are on there free with ads, which is a terrible way to watch them, but whatever, I just needed something to like, in the background noise. But Beverly Hills Cop 1 is still a pretty good banging oh, movie. Oh, yeah. A, I mean like,
0: yeah. and- Why is it so sexless though? Uh, like why, why is Eddie Murphy not- interested in sleeping with anyone in that film
1: any of them really like he doesn't do it in like in, i know in, it, it, but I, I haven't watched like two and three in a long time i have i but, look i saw three in the theaters and i don't think i mean like i haven't seen it since so um
0: but i it it always like when there's I not even them, any like, females in like, there besides the
1: one the, the one character gallery, right, yeah yeah, yeah. But, but there's
0: like a well and and the chief's daughter the cop's daughter
1: true it's such a it's hard watching those back to back because you it is such a hard like contrast into like Eddie Murphy now being cool with those guys, um, <laughs> especially the cheap because they take such a beating at, during uh, uh, the first one. Yeah, the, the the first one has a has a a strip club scene, and that's basically it. And um, he's
0: not even that interested. He's there to like distract the. I mean, he gets the girls to distract like the other. Right, right,
1: right, a- a- and like almost every other action film i guess 48 hours didn't really have i don't remember now i can't remember now well 48 was, hours he it's all he talked about was right, getting laid i right, mean like but yeah, constant right. <laughs> but like but you I mean, i'm just talking about like lethal weapon had sex scenes mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. Um, i'm trying to think of the other big like action films of the time that were kind of in that same kind of city cop vein yeah almost all of them probably would have had at least one like at the beginning uh, sex scene or nudity something. scene or something. But yeah, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is kind of Just, like a really, a, it's almost like a weird, like triple bro movie kind of thing. That's right. Going on. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know. Like it's a, for all, I, 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 feel like part of me is like kind of excited about part four. I do think I, I would like, but I don't think he's going to, I don't think it's, I don't think he can do it. I don't think that Murphy can go back and be 1980s, early nineties Murphy anymore. I don't think that there's, I don't think you can recapture that. I don't, I I didn't, I I probably started to watch coming to America, which again, can we (laughs) fucking stop? But, uh, with, and, but I didn't finish it or I did because it's, um, but I don't. I, I think it really would be very difficult for him to get out of kid mode Murphy and because he's still doing things like candy cane lane and like, the, the so to come in like for a hard R, not that, not that Beverly Hills cop one or two were really, I and mean, they were violent, but they weren't like, and I mean, they had Murphy esque stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the, they weren't, I mean, not right. even the language is that bad, right? No, not, con- not, not considering anymore. I mean, not mm-hmm. yet, but, uh, but the, I, 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 I do want, like a take on Axel F. I do want to take on like the, the opening song and I can't remember now what it is, but the opening song in Beverly Hills Cop two, like Beverly Hills Cop two feels like such a Tony Scott movie. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. like almost Michael Bay, but like, you know, it's just, it's like, there's so much taken <laughs> right, up and right, like, it's so right. like, it's so Miami vice where breast was like really kind of focusing on like the Detroit grittiness. And even like the LA stuff was like laughed at for the most part. So like all of the L.A., like once he gets into L.A. and he's talking to Maitland and stuff like that, That really it's all it's not quite Scarface, but like it's but there's like that really kind of ugly mafia tint to it. And so you're then you get into like a police procedural and like the only thing that's like really kind of glamorous is when he's in the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is funny to me because like they're talking about like. It's two hundred and forty dollars a night for their big suite. I'm like Jesus Christ, come on! Like whatever, that's like the Motel Six over Sh- here. No like, shit, these days, like that's crazy. It's
0: crazy, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny too. I don't Zia, want to tell you
0: what my hotel is going to cost in Tribeca. <laughs> right.
1: A young Damon Wayans in uh, Beverly Hills Cop One, being the buffet uh, yeah, guy, yeah. it's like just take these bananas. <laughs> just go ahead. <laughs> He's clearly playing up the you know the gay Damon Wayans character, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but I, I'm I part of me holds out hope to like, I for nostalgia's sake that, that maybe Murphy can come back and can capture that. But like Matt Molloy directing it. I know that's not his name. Mike, I not Mike, like, Mike, <laughs> Mike, 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 <laughs> Mike, whatever. Well, Matt Molloy's there. Mark, Mark, <laughs> Mark,
0: Mark Molloy. M O. yeah. Don't, I mean, don't look, we just don't put Matt Molloy in this category. <laughs> There, there is no, yeah, there, there's no
1: extended universe there. But, I, but here's, one of the things that, that always like strikes me about these movies, right, is that you know that there's, there's got to be a script floating around, like from 96 of oh. a Beverly Hills Cop 4. Oh, yeah. Or like a killer, like Shane Black, Axel F. Like, why, like, here's the thing. Why call it Beverly Hills Cop? Why not just call, call it, it Axle, Axle F? F? You're welcome, Hollywood. How badass why did would you that? Because that? that's how you know I'm serious. It's also screaming after dark. That's, 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 that's right. That's how you know. We
0: usually record in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, call it Axle F. Like, why wouldn't you call it Axle F? I don't need to know if it's barely else. Like, like, let the kids do some research. They got they get they got it all at their hands these days. They they can just type in. When it, oh, it's the same writer who's done a bunch of like Zack f- Snyder stuff. Where the, Sorry. Where the, just- where the, A is a four. <laughs> uh, right. There's got to there's be nothing to throw at you. There's yeah. got to be, there's no eraser. No, <laughs> there's no, no chalkboard in this room. There's, there's a, there's a whiteboard. <laughs> not to say that there's always like a good script floating around, but there you, you have to imagine that there's somebody has, there's some kid who grew up, on Beverly Hills Cop. It's been sitting on a kick-ass idea of, of bringing Axel actual, actual back into the into the fold. You know, some Seth program falling in love with like, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 throwing out a, a, a you know a passion project script and then having somebody, you know. Yeah. But so I always hold out hope for that that type of stuff. And of course that's why I go see things like the Exorcist of the Believer. <laughs> um, and I always used to get my heart broken, but not, I didn't have my heart broken then because you know, I, I knew it would meant nothing. It was it, a hate watch. It was a hate yeah. watch. Not well, even a penny It was D double G. So of course watch. it was a hate watch. Everything from this point out for D double G will definitely Just be a, a hate, hate watch. watch. Um, and so it's what well, you asked the question. Why, why watch it all? And I can't answer that question for you. And it's like, why do I breathe or why do I go <laughs> to sleep? <laughs> so because you have to, yeah. I have to. Yeah. I do. I put myself out on the line for you guys. Um, but I hold out hope.
0: Have you seen anything else good?
1: Uh, I mean, besides th- Monster that, that's new? I'm just curious. Besides Monster. Um, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I haven't been to the... Well, I you know, I so I went... No, I, I, just saw a repertory stuff when I was overseas and then yeah. coming back. I haven't been, I haven't been to the theater. Um, because again, there's, there's nothing but intriguing really. Like I'm not, Like I don't really need to go out. Like I don't, I mean, I don't like, I don't need to go see Wonka. I mean, like I'll see it, but I'm not going to go. I don't need to go out to see Wonka. Yeah. Um, Napoleon has been so middling that I just, I don't feel like the need to get out for that. There will be things that I want to get out for now. I, I, mean, I do want to see poor things. Yeah. I do want to see a boy, the boy and the heron. Mm. Um, and there was something else. Oh, uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. I'm going to be on, I mean like tomorrow night, I'm probably going to do this. There is a 10 o'clock showing at the Angelica of big shark. And, um, I don't know when I'm able to see it again. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, it's Tommy Wiseau. Um, nice. and I'm, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go see big shark at the Angelica at 10 tomorrow. Oh, if all things, if everything falls into place. Right. And it probably will. So I'll probably be in there by myself and that's fine. I'm uh, not by myself. I'm sure there'd be other people seeing it. Because, yeah. Well, I, I'm but not going. I know you're okay. going. Okay. Good. You, but, good. <laughs> um, uh, everyone,
0: um, Greg Sesteros in that too. Huh? Yeah.
1: I look, you got to hit your wagon. Right. I mean, like it, yeah, at a certain yeah. point, like I, I know it'll suck. I know it'll paint be your wagon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I get, I mean, Look, it's a movie thing, right? I mean, it's not, right. I mean, so right. like, I, I, as we talked about, like, with the last Skeleton, skeleton of Cadaver, like, trying to be too cool for school sometimes. I think, I think that what Wizo at this point is going to be doing is blatantly bad stuff just because that's what people are looking for from him. And a certain point that obviously you're the, 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 the time for that has already passed, right? Yeah. But eh, I want to see it and I'm, I'm, and I'll go see it. <laughs> and and I hope
0: you enjoy it. I hope that it's everything your heart desires.
1: <laughs> It'll be look, the worst time spent in a movie theater is usually better than most of the other times that we've met outside of a movie. Theater. <laughs> I was wondering like where this was gonna go. Again, right? oh, look, there's something <laughs> there there's something about the hope and the promise that when the lights go down and you've got a giant Diet Coke and popcorn. That I mean, like every movie is good before it starts. Um, and so maybe, maybe are this you, will be. Something. Are you
0: auditioning for the
1: new Nicole Kidman trailer? <laughs> Somehow, Big Shark feels good in a place oh, like this. Yeah. I yeah, God. actually, I would. I, you know, and here's the thing about that one. I don't know why they, they've they've teased doing a follow up to that, and I'm not sure. I, people would lose their fucking minds the first time they saw a new version of that. I'm not sure don't why it's taking so long. Don't they have
0: several? I don't I think so. I thought they
1: did. Oh, maybe, they, maybe they did multiple ones at the time. I, I don't know. I've and like that. different length ones. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but get come on, Nicole, give people what they want. I know. BMX is 2 and an extra <laughs> AMC intro. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: when did, when did trailers start to become like 25 minutes long? Oh, I mean, when was that? I don't, I mean, I don't look, I, here's the thing. Like I enjoy becoming attractions. I really do. Or at least like, before I get there, I do. I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss the, I don't wanna miss the, the previews, the trailers. And then halfway through, I'm like, fucking
1: come on, start the, it's got to be contractually oh, obligated right, because, right, because, right, right, because right. for the theaters, it's, it, it holds no benefit. Right. No. Um, it's not even really an advertisement. I mean, like it's not you're an advertisement. Like do for the-
0: advertisement like, you
1: know, sure. There, but that's, yeah. that's sold prior and right, that's, right, right, that's right. running like 30 minutes prior to the yeah. movie, which I get, that's fine. I don't care about that. I mean, like, it's screen and it's captivated time. Fine. If the movie theaters can stay open because you're selling me, you know, you you've got sure, great. Maria Menounos yeah. selling me Audis, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I mean, fine. Mo- whatever. Mo- I mean. mo-
0: move. What is it? Movie. movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Did you hear? I know. I don't have. We've been talking, but I, I, did you I hear that, that? That uh, um. So movies, like theaters, are desperately trying to get um intermissions into. Oh, killer! Uh, well, not only killers, but just movies in general, because they they so they need long. the well, and they need the concession. And so, like mm. running a two and a half to three and a half hour movie is killing theaters because yeah, you're taking up space for other films. And if you had a break in between, people would go and refill. Although, I mean, for the most part, I think most places actually give you a free refill full of popcorn and 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 well, because you they charge anything. you nine dollars. Yeah, but they have to though. Why do they have to? Because the because there's no that's how they make their money. No, no, though.
0: I understand this, but like they didn't always. It was look wait, right, look, but, look but nineteen this- ninety dollars, right? Popcorn was not nine bucks. Like a regular bag of popcorn was not nine fucking dollars back
1: in like nineteen or whatever well, you're that would have like been. In deflated for, or, yeah, you know, yeah. adjusted for deflation. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm like, popcorn was not always that expensive. I I mean, at the movies,
1: I don't know if the if the if the rake is not as good anymore. um, Well, I mean, in this case, you don't have people going... I mean, like, look at the... Like, we're not going to the fucking theater.
0: But no, well, not... Okay, right. I mean, if, well, we if we're not going to the theater. Yeah. Well, no, we, we do. Don't, I mean... <laughs> we go... Our preference is to go to the theater. Sure. Right? And I mean, I think I would rather see most things on the theater. But yeah, but look, I mean, this is... I mean, tickets are fine. Right. But I mean, it is, it's like going to a fucking basketball game or a well, baseball game or a football. I, I just like it, it becomes like cost prohibitive at a certain point. And so
1: I think it's a, I think it's a, it's, 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 uh, and why I don't, are you I don't, defending capitalism. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. The, I, don't know <laughs> I don't know the exact economics of it all, but I don't, I do think it's a, it's a reflection of, uh, this eating its own tail like because theaters we don't have single we don't have four screen theaters anymore right we don't have like we don't have you know we don't have smaller theaters once we got stadium seating and every screen every theater had to have 30 screens in it now they've got to figure out how to fill all of that Mm -hmm. and to employ all of that and so now i think what you're seeing though i i I mean that that is just a it's uh, you know it, it, the things that are staying alive at this point are are trying to figure out how to extract more money out of you, and so like it's I don't know it's it, it sucks it sucks yeah I get you I mean but yeah I I mean look I'm gonna go but
0: but yeah I, 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 at a certain point you get no sympathy from me right at a certain point theaters don't get, oh well we have to do this we don't like do you though like do you really or are you trying to like make up for other bad choices that you made somewhere in the past that you're trying to put off on me when you tell me not to buy a latte every day?
1: (laughs) Right. You avocado toast (laughs) motherfucker.
0: But I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I joke, but I'm also half serious and I know we've had this conversation before, but it just pisses
1: me off to no end when places like, well, we have to raise our prices. It's like, well, you, you don't. Yeah yeah the overhead on these places and, and there's no like coming back from it I mean, there's no oh, right, like, and I understand like, yeah. like like you think about it like you know when you used to go to the mall to see movies, like there would be a like a four screen outside of yeah. the mall, right yeah. you would just yeah, and, it'd and, be in the parking lot right yeah. right, um, and all of those are gone, yeah. all of them are gone
0: well, no, and I was just as you were talking about that, I was just thinking like when I was you know growing up, there were like within like ten minutes, there were four you know, like three screen theaters. Right. right? Um, the, and and there's just, yeah, none of those anymore. Now it's nine, it's eight. It's,
1: and that's what's, that's what's kills me about, like I said, when we were, when I was overseas, like just the, 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 those still exist. Yeah. There's still a five screen and four screen, you know, and, and, you know, they're wonderful. And, yeah, this idea of trying to, like like the AMC 30 over in Mesquite, or the or the, it's not the, the, the AMC Grand, which is not the AMC Grand anymore. It's a studio movie girl. But like 24 screen, I mean, like you can't fill that. There's not 30 what? fucking movies. Anymore. Right, I was going to say. And so now what they're doing, and again, maybe this is kind of smart, but I mean, now you're seeing a ton of like Bollywood films mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, Spanish mm-hmm. language films like that are, that are, or films that are uh, dubbed or, um, you know, subtitled in Spanish, which I think is smart. I mean, but to get in a different audience in, um,
0: well, to be inclusive and to, yeah.
1: And then you're filling it out with, like I said, Christploitation films. So, I mean, it's like, it's just, uh, which are weird, like, inexpo- like if, I don't know how, I don't know how many ever knows about those. <laughs> I guess I'm not on the, there's so m- I know there's so many, Not the underground Christ railroad.
0: That- <laughs> I still love that. That's just brilliant. But, but yeah,
1: um, so I don't know. I mean, it, I think it, And I don't know how they ever come back. Like it's to me, it becomes a price point where you, you, how, how, how do you make it palatable? Um, and I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure it can sustain itself.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's not just movies. It's, it's lots of stuff like this. I mean, I think it's, you know, concerts too. I think it's sporting events. I think it's other live events, um, where it's just, nobody wants to go and nobody
1: can afford it. Yeah. Yay. Well, yay for us. Yay. Happy. Yay. <laughs> yes. Yay world. Yay movies. It's great. Well,
0: look, I mean, we, we constantly chirp, not us. <laughs> In general, we chirp about like, what's the point of art? I mean, so all, all art has to make money, which again, I mean, you've heard us say, or at least heard, you know, heard me say like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, right? And I'm very much this, like, art for art's sake kind of kind of mindset where fucking make it. Who cares if it makes money? It doesn't matter. But we're so far kind of down this rabbit hole of now everything has to have some kind of ROI, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Baked into right. it. Right. Or, or we're just going to, you know what? We can save more on the tax write-off, you know, than we'll make at the theater. So we'll just, like, can it. Right. And I know that you, know, you guys put all this hard work into this, this film, right. But who
1: gives a shit? Sorry. It's a business decision. What's, 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 uh, and, and, yeah. and, and so I didn't do a recommended like Of course you the, didn't. Well, here's the thing. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, I'm like joking. this is a difficult joke. to do now because one, I want someone to like edit all of Hartley's movies into one, like gigantic oh 11 hour Wouldn't film. Wouldn't that be
0: amazing? <laughs>
1: Because they are like I'm not saying they're all the same film. No, no, but no. But all of these guys all, live in the same universe. Oh, they all, yeah. All of his characters live in the same universe. They all know each other. <laughs> yeah, they all live next door. Uh, and, and so it's very difficult to do a recommended if you like over multiple Hartley films. I know because I like know. W- they're one one they're part and parcel, right? So it's not like I can give you something for surviving desire and for a, you know for simple men.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I can give you what I yeah please. Um, I think. So for Surviving Desire, I did, um, what happened was Mm -hmm. the Tom Noonan, um, film with Karen Silas in it. Yeah. Um, who was in Simple Men, but yeah, so I did that, I did that one. Um, these like coworkers, right. Who have like, you know, meet for dinner one night in like a first, first Mm -hmm. date sort of thing. Um, I did that. And then for, um, Simple Men, I did, um, Running on Empty. The Lumet mm-hmm. film? yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can sort of see the themes there, but I mean, yeah, none of these are really <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> right. Right. Um, and for Monster, I I did Elephant, Gus fans really Elephant.
1: How do you feel about those movies? Uh, wait, all three of these? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, no. Yeah. How right? do you
0: feel? Well, let's let's start over again. Right. Welcome, screamers. <laughs> Welcome back, screamers. No, <laughs> this how, is an
1: episode in reverse. How do you feel about? Gus Van Sant's Mumblecore trilogy, or what I call the Boredom Core trilogy. <laughs> okay, which would be Elephant, Elephant Jerry, Jerry. and what the fuck are the other one was? Um, oh, uh, Last Days. Oh, okay. So Elephant, oh, Last man. Days, and Jerry.
0: So look, I don't know Jerry. I I, I don't. It blows. I don't like. <laughs> so I'll just say it that blows. I don't. I don't like Elephant. I think the kind of shifting perspective. Is interesting, right? I mean, so sure, you see how it fits, with right? The monster, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. um, I do last, think Elephant is the most interesting uh, of them all. Well, right, right, right. Last Days, I can't re- remember, that's the Cobain oh, one. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that, okay. And I'm um, and I and I think probably because of that, reason. right? Right,
1: um, that's Michael Pitt, I think. Yes, yeah. is uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, and I'm not, I like, think
1: I watched them all in like quick succession and I was just like. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm also get over yourself especially because jerry is such I a mean, fucking circle jerk yeah life.
0: well right it's right. such a
1: uh i mean like casey and matt and gus all like, it's all like, i know like, i know like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, see, and i, I had you. no <laughs> i i and i that's I how mean, they talk in the movie too i'm not <laughs> i'm
0: not a, i'm not a huge fan one of of biopics, but then two kind of faux biopics, right? Either the only one I think I've ever liked would be um, um, the Todd Haynes Dylan. Mm, I'm um, not there, yeah,
1: or wait, or I'm, I'm in I'm still here. I'm st- wait, <laughs> right, which <yes>. one? <laughs> well, because I'm over there, I, I always
0: get confused with the Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> documentary or the faux documentary that he did, which was. Is it I'm still here and then the Dylan one is I'm not there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. so the Tom Haynes one is <laughs> I'm not there. That so that I like because it's a re-envisioning sort of right. of him as these different sort of like literary and artistic references played right. by different people and like you know Kate Blanchett yeah. one. So that to me was interesting. Um stuff like this is is just not Right. Right. I mean I right. I and and I'm not a big Michael Pitt fan. Really? Yeah. I don't mind, Michael. No, Fred. that's fine. I I want to punch him in the face. I don't like his face.
1: <laughs> he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. I... What are you going to do? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He looks exactly like Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, no, he, he doesn't. doesn't. No, he doesn't. They're and identical. I don't like Lucas Haas either. Really? What the fuck is wrong with you? You're like a Man. 90s kid. Like, how can you not like Lucas Haas?
0: I don't like his face either. <laughs>
1: okay, well, yeah, sure. It's like a little yeah. rat yeah. face. Yes. I know. Yes. Look, look. That, that's an ad hominem attack, and
0: I'm sorry <laughs> Right, and this is not really... Look, I understand that that's Lucas what happens Haas after dark. Has to... It <laughs> gets <that's> real. Right. <laughs> the gloves come off.
3: <laughs> I, Fuck you,
0: Lucas Lu- Haas. Yeah, you got a problem with it? Come on. <laughs> come at us. Come on over anytime. Anytime you're ready. Anytime you feel man enough. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you, Lucas
3: Haas. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I mean, look, I mean, I know that Lucas Haas did good work in, you know, Witness and Inception. like Whatever, right? <laughs> Break. Mars Attacks. Yeah, see, I, I mean... No, I, uh, no, he, he doesn't do it for me in any of those films. And I like <laughs> those films. I like, Brick, I like Mars, Mars attacks. Tacks.
1: I no. <laughs> He's wonderful in that movie. Shh. Okay. I, he makes the circle with the donut. I the don't want signal for the just, donut. I just don't want him look, and Natalie Portman together. I don't want to look at no. <laughs> okay. So my, so there's a reason you didn't watch or, uh, yeah. Last days, but, uh, uh, we won't, I don't think we're ever going to do Gus Van Sant on this no, podcast. So no, no, I don't think so either. Uh, uh, and maybe in a, maybe in a very, yeah, we'll just, we'll just say we're not. No. Some
0: <laughs> No. I, I, yeah. I don't think so. I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think like what movies of of his do you like?
1: Uh, I like Idaho. I like Idaho. Um, I mean, like, I like Goodwill Hunting. Let's not, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Uh, that no, right. Right. No, no, no. That I'm anti-populist, <laughs> like completely. <laughs> like, I mean, like Goodwill Hunting's fine. Um, um uh, Oh, Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like Drugstore
0: Cowboy. Um, I I'm trying to think what else. Paranoid the, Park, The Psycho Remake. Uh, it, it, um yes. Um
1: <laughs> Milk I just felt I, I was never a fan of any of those mumblecore films, and it just so, so a lot of that stuff was just kind of really off putting to me. Like, all but all three of those in quick succession was just like, oh, oh to die for. Did, to die oh, for. yeah, right. okay, I, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a new yeah. criterion release, and
0: even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Mm. Well, look, I mean, you're a Tom Robbins fan, I know yeah. We, okay, I, am, okay. I am, I am, I yeah. am. I'm not saying
1: even Cowgirls Get the Blues is great, but right, right, it was in Heather Graham's heyday, and it was in with Thurman, too, right? Uh, I drugstore.
0: Cowboy was Heather Graham.
1: I'm pretty sure even cow. No. I'm, is it, it's a really cowgirl cowgirls is, is Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it have Heather Graham in it? I swear to which one is the Heather Graham Roseanne the- bars in it. <laughs> What's the big thumb movie? That's, that's it. That's Heather Graham. No, it's all right. This is a, Look, ma- this it, is my, I this mean, is a Mandela like, effect for like me. Right there. I mean, is she not, is Heather Graham not in it at all? I swear to God, show me the poster. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm having a fucking, now I'm having an existential crisis where I swear <laughs> to God, I thought that was the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm a, I, I um, don't even know who I am anymore at this point. Like, well, it's,
0: again, you said it <laughs> screaming after dark. This is what happens. Right. Oh, he did finding Forrester. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, that's a weird, like how the fuck <laughs> did he do? For, that's a, that's a coming off of goodwill hunting, right? Coming off a like, psycho. Yeah.
0: But I mean, goodwill hunting, psycho finding Forrester. Ugh, I know that's
1: movie. a weird. Oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> the only the only <laughs> thing that's notable about is the meme, and uh, 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 you're the one now, dog. That scene in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where he's like counting the money at making Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. to hunting mm-hmm. season. <laughs> is, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's far off, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. That's good. Oh my God. Um, He's a uh, fucking um, Smith is doing another Jay and silent Bob movie. Really? Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like why? And like I said, genuinely wonderful human being. Like, why are you going back to that? Well, yet again, like you have no original stories to tell. Like, I mean, like you have to keep Jason Mewes off of drugs that badly. Like, I mean, oh. like, like, and, and I don't mean, I don't mean to be blase about that. I don't. But, no,
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: But like, God damn it, man. You, at one point oh, you man, were the voice man. of a generation. Tell me you have an original story to tell. That something else to say. That doesn't like, tell me you can do red state too. I don't care. Like remake cop out and do it without <laughs> Bruce. Like make that, you know, make your fletch. I don't I, like, figure out something like, like back in the day. And I know we've gone on and on. But back in the day, like, <laughs> like you used to hear rumors about his movies, like uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, ra- yeah, yeah. Uh, Ranger Danger and the Danger Rangers and like all different kinds of shit that he had, like in his like, here's the next movie that I'm going to do is all these like really cool, interesting sounding things. And now we've got Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back 3 and mall rats 2. I mean, it's, come on, man. I know that's your bread and butter. I know that is what your audience wants. But Jesus Christ, do you not have any sort of inkling to make anything? De- I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Make yoga hose or something. Make some. Make Tusk. Like, make some shitty fucking yeah. movies, right? Mm. Like, like do something because like your audience will eat it up. Like they'll badmouth you. I mean, like again, but they're gonna go see it. Like, so your movies are all gonna like, regardless of what you do, your movies are gonna make ten to fifteen million dollars. Are gonna cost two to three. Who gives a shit? Make what you. I mean, like make something that's at least something that could stand out. I, I don't understand rehashing the same fucking jokes you're going to tell over and over again. What, what story is there to tell for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back 3? Hey, mm. what, what is it? What happens where we get stuck
0: in like this artistic rut of just doing the same thing, not even a variation on a theme, just the same theme, right over and over. I mean, you know, do we just lose that? I mean, I don't think Kevin Smith just lost the creativity or quote unquote intelligence that, he yeah, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> right. But, but no, I mean like the wittiness and the smart city had early on, but like, what is it just laziness? I don't know. I mean, and, and it's not, I mean, maybe, I'm using Smith as a stand in, right. I mean, right. for like, for like artists that do this over and over and over again. I mean, look, we could even argue that Scorsese's done it for sure. a few films. Right. And so I don't want to just,
1: you know, bash Smith here, but I, yeah, it's like I just I, I just feel like those like for for a guy who was like you held him up as as, you know, as like the the new voice for him to go back and to do the same movie. This is not Rodriguez doing Desperado. This right, is this right. is you're rehashing jokes. Um, you're basically this is, you know, this is a, a hack comedian going back. This is Dice Clay. Right. Right, you know, th- this is you know going back and telling the same jokes you told back in the '80s because you got nothing else, and you're hoping that the frat boys that listened to you in the '80s are coming back to buy your album now. I mean, it's it's just it's I don't know. It's sad.
0: That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> it's just sad. Let's <laughs> do something different. <laughs> Is that? Uh, I think that's are it. Are you done? I'm you, done. Okay, I'm done. okay, okay, all right. I mean, a little bit more on Vanderbilt. just, just. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you keep going. <laughs> okay. Jason,
0: anything else you want to add today? No. Tonight?
1: No, I think that's it. I'm no. good. Okay,
0: well. What do I say? <laughs> <laughs> Line. <laughs> I forget. I forget. <laughs> okay, well. Until next time,
1: thank you for listening. And I do not want your screen. You have been listening to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream with your hosts, Brock and Jason. If you liked today's episode, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe in whatever application you use to consume podcasts these days. You can reach us by visiting why the Home Screen.com. If you are in the DFW area, we would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event. You can learn more about those and find a full schedule at fortworthfilmclub.com. And you can learn about my foundation and how we are trying to foster the next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L housefoundation.org. Till next time.